welcome to Fate Moon Archive, a podcast about waiting through 20 years of Tight Moon. I'm your host, Fen. What is... <sighs> what? I'm going to try that again. Yeah? That was a bad intro. <laughs> I did like the way you were like, I'm your host, Fen. You were trying something new there. I don't know if so trying so much intro. as I like, like, fell into a fun and flirty intro. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Welcome to Fate Moon Archive, a podcast about waiting through 20 years of Tight Moon. I'm your host, Fen. My pronouns are... Wait, we're not doing pronouns today. No. <sighs> Third time's the charm. Welcome to Fate Moon Archive, a podcast about waiting through 20 years of Type Moon. I'm your host, Fen. My... Ben is dying in the background. <laughs> I'm trying to get you to giggle. <laughs> and joining me is... Oh, you're going to keep that one? That's the one you're going to keep? Of the three that we just did? You're not going to give it one more pass? Everyone's fine. <laughs> I'm Ben Enns, and I was making funny faces in the background to try and ruin Fen's intro for the third time. Today, we are talking about days 10 through 13 of the Unlimited Blade Works route. Of Fate's Day Night. Of Fate's Day Night. Um, anyway, a lot happens these days, and yet also... Nothing happens. Very clearly set up for the final three days uh-huh um which we will get to next episode yeah yeah it's gonna be next episode's probably gonna be a long one yeah because it's the whole ending aside yeah. from the uh ep- epilogues epilogues there are two uh but before we get there i think for the first time i've probably drunk water on the podcast before but i just have ice water mm. today mm-hmm. ben is drinking their usual tea drink uh-huh uh-huh Iced tea, lemonade, tasty. Mm-hmm. Tasty. Too much caffeine for me. I'm I don't have any meats. caffeine today, which thankfully I did act like for once in my life, I actually got a good night's sleep before our podcast. I didn't, but I'm better at running without sleep. Than Yesterday, that. I got terrible sleep because uh-huh. Ben's cat woke me up at 4 a.m. Okay. <laughs> She's beautiful. <laughs> She's never done anything wrong. She's got small paws. And a loud, powerful, proud voice. I've been locking her out at night, uh, kicking her out of the bedroom at night, because we got the AC running and I don't want it to leak into the hall. And also she gets angsty when we lock her in the room with us overnight. So there's just no winning here. Yeah. Unless we like carve a hole in the door and put a cat door in, which I think our landlord would be pretty upset about. Well, there's winning for Ben. Which is that I can sleep through it. Ben sleeps through, sleeps through the cat uh, yowling at four a.m. in the morning. Uh, I guess four a.m. or four in the morning. But anyway, I I am the one that loses. A victory for me that does not include Fen is a hollow victory. Oh, unless my opponent is Fen, in which case I can enjoy the victory fully, no matter how badly I have to defeat Fen to get to it. I was going to say that's very sweet, but then you had to ruin it at the end. <laughs> that's my M.O., fun. That's my M.O. Okay. Today, for your E.T. time... I didn't bring anything, because, again, I haven't seen, read anything interesting besides the besides the thing that we're going to discuss, which Fen told me to read. I'm very excited to talk about anime at the end of the season, but right now, we don't have... We don't have room for that. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. We... It It is also, usually there are two weeks between recordings. It was only a week between this and the last recording, because we're trying to kind of... Uh, we're moving soon. Yes. And, and we're so trying to 
get a little bit of a backlog so that moving doesn't disrupt. And so it's only been a week, so we've had less time to like do stuff. I could I talk really about... had to burn through these uh, days of fate too. Yeah, I could talk about the most recent Arc Knights event. Mm -hmm. That's fine. It's very much a like kung fu movie in that every, you know there are seventeen characters and each of them have like their intricate plans and mm -hmm. it is I I like the the Sui the three pieces of a god that uh. -huh. uh the half anniversary or like i think they're chinese new year events really uh-huh um when they're not being offset by six months uh being in global um but uh it was fine mm -hmm. i like a walk in the dusk a lot which is the like previous half anniversary event because it's it's about a uh, an artist who um paints scrolls that she can put people in mm. and she like stores a friend in a scroll because they're dying and she doesn't want to let go of them um i, I also just really like dusk because she's uh -huh. sad and lonely <laughs> but also like is lonely but yeah is socially anxious at the same time and so i was like oh yeah i, I don't want to talk to anyone so um mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but that is that's basically the only thing i've read is aside from we can't it, talk about the fate event because the fate grand order event because it's a major yeah we can't talk about anything fate grand order related for a long time yeah uh what i did read and what i forced I, ben makes it sound like i forced ben to read the entire thing I mean, but i only asked them to read the first two volumes uh-huh of kitanai kimi ga ichiban kawaii or kitakawa by uh manio uh-huh uh-huh Pen. Give me uh give me the the quick and dirty pitch on this manga that uh kept me up all night. Okay. Seizaki Airi and Hanamura Hinako are the two main characters. Um Airi's name is written using the kanji for love and officer or official, which is like the love part is the more important part, but uh -huh. it is fun given what happens <laughs> in this very normal yuri. Uh, this is a Yuri Hime Yuri. Yeah. Which is very funny to me. Uh, so I have, for the first time ever, I have written down an intro of what I would, how I would like to start this discussion. Uh huh. Which is, uh, yeah, this is. Maybe we should start doing that. I don't know. Yeah, I, that would be nice. This one in particular, I do. I wanted to get off on the right foot. Mm hmm. Um, the so, right foot. Uh huh. This is gonna be a complicated little dance, no matter what. I think. Yes. So, Airi and Hina have different friend groups, but it's clear from the jump that there's something between them. Uh, in the first chapter, Airi makes Hina lunch two large bento boxes. Mm -hmm. uh, and the reason becomes clear as the school day ends, and Airi turns down hanging with, out with her friends and goes to find Hina in the science classroom. After, uh, Should we say content warnings for this? For our descriptions, there's going to be some uh, gross bodily fluids. Uh-huh um for the manga as a whole i the thing is for me uh -huh. specifically i i will say this uh i there are i appreciate the utility of content warnings mm -hmm. for me specifically if you tag something as having like my ability to read things is great mm -hmm. i will read basically anything no matter how much stress it is going to cause me uh-huh uh, -huh. uh if you tag something like content warning rape in this, mm -hmm. then I'm like, okay, cool. Now I'm just reading the entire thing with that 
hanging over my head and that is the only thing i'm focused on and it makes it hard to enjoy the rest uh-huh. of it um i would say like yeah if you're gonna go read this go look at the tags it has on whatever site yeah. you use and like or this like gonna, yeah this this description we're gonna get a little gross here because yeah. this manga gets very gross very fast yeah just so you know now ben if you will continue okay yeah if you don't um, want to he- if you don't want to hear this you could skip your et time there's a lot of interest i'm being very flippant there's a lot of interesting stuff in this manga i think it's really interesting but uh, if you don't want to hear about girls puking on each other, move on. <laughs> yep. Uh, if you got enough of that in Chainsaw Man. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, so, Airi finds Hina in the science like lab room, science uh-huh. classroom. Um, after confirming that Hina ate all of the food that she got up early to prepare... Irie presses on Hina's stomach and inserts a fi- her finger into Hina's throat in order to get Hina to puke it up all over herself. Irie smiles as they embrace and thinks about how much she wants to hurt Hina more. Uh-huh. You'd be forgiven for thinking that the remainder of this manga was a fetish of the week style thing with a fun new scene every week, fun. but very little in terms of character development or plot. In fact, that is uh, what most of this style of manga is, uh-huh. is very few that actually that i would say care about kink or bdsm as anything more than a setup for a series of scenes Mm. or a joke yeah um however by the end of the first volume it's already clear uh that description is not the case um and that try as this pair might they aren't going to be able to keep their after school activities secret much longer why are they doing this in the school, Fan? Uh, I believe it's because, as Irie says, the thrill of possibly getting caught... Just do it is... at your fucking family's house. You're less likely to get caught there. I know. I know. I know. Oh, my God. I mean, the actu- like, thematically, the reason is because it's a manga about like, no, school I politics. Know. I know. And... <laughs> uh, but it sure is stressful to... so. Yeah, uh, the first, like, volume and a half, I guess, like, first six or seven chapters are exactly Fetish of the Week. Yeah. Um, Should I, can I go over the, we're talking up to, what, the first two volumes. The you first two have, volumes, which is You chapter... stop me when I, when I go too far. Yes. Okay. These two girls, every chapter, they're long chapters, I feel like. It's a short manga. It's only, like, 26 chapters, but they're long chapters. Yeah. I mean, Yuri Hime manga tend to be, like, have longer chapters. like, 25, 35 page chapters, which are nice. Ari, who is this uh, black-haired, Ari, uh, who's this black-haired princess-type girl who's very popular and smart without really trying that hard. Yes. Uh, well, she does. So, actually, the second chapter is the one um, that... The second chapter sets up who each of these two characters is, uh-huh. or mostly who Ari is, mm-hmm. and it's... She is someone who, since birth, or since she was young at least, mm-hmm. has always been conscious of what people around her think. And so uh, yes. she has worked hard to, like, she's worked hard to appear like she doesn't work at all yeah. to be perfect. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, although there is a, I do remember a monologue at one point where she's talking about how things always go her way uh, we've without without her trying, you know what I mean? Yeah. Bored of things always working out for her yeah which is why she's taking such big risks she is not bullying hinako hina but uh it's it's very bullying looking 
from any perspective you know i mean yeah. yeah it is it is kink it yeah. is play between the two of them and it's particularly rough stuff for high schoolers new high schoolers yeah. to be into uh-huh and some of it definitely pushes very like uh, over the line of comfort for hina even yes uh but hina is clearly uh romantically in love with this girl who was using her for her own interests yes uh-huh uh-huh uh so the two of them uh hina keeps trying to get closer to airi who keeps pushing her away every time they do get close or whenever hina looks happy yeah there's a the beginning of the second volume starts with a brutal chapter Mm -hmm. of um like hina is getting into the play that they're doing Mm -hmm. and like actually enjoying herself and Irie is thinking to herself no this is all wrong no i want you to suffer Mm -hmm. why aren't you more embarrassed why aren't you why are you enjoying yourself Mm -hmm. like yeah it's it's uh not what i would call a healthy relationship between these two yeah she starts hitting her after that point yeah um Um, oh yeah it's a it's a terribly unhealthy relationship that both the girls are participating in because of their own interests that the other doesn't share at the beginning i think that it is complicated because it's not it is also not just oh yeah irie is completely using hina Mm -hmm. and there's nothing like hina doesn't enjoy this at all but she's doing it purely so that irie will stick around with her Uh there is like there is mutual enjoyment there yes it is just uh irie is the driver of the of the weird stuff yeah it seems like yeah yeah um so they go we go through a lot of like really like we've talked about how this manga has a lot of like fetish and sex like scenes things that are like scenes you know what i mean yes but is uh very very unsexy yeah (laughs) Uh uh-huh because of how stressful every scene is yes because it is clear that like there is and this is an interesting thing it's about the dynamic more than enjoying what's in front of you yes yeah Mm -hmm. uh it is also an interesting thing of like oh right in fiction mm-hmm. you can enjoy you don't need the characters to sit down and like negotiate boundaries uh-huh uh because it's fiction because yeah sometimes your fictional scene, or in this case definitely didn't happen <laughs> yes um and so yeah this is an interesting one because i think there's a version of this manga yeah that is like oh yeah look isn't isn't like bdsm isn't kink just inherently abusive mm-hmm. isn't it terrible you could read this this way. um and i you yes you could i don't think that that is i don't think it's a read that really holds up yeah uh-huh yeah um i just want to say that as like because it is interesting because it is like oh yeah you are definitely pushing past hina's boundaries mm-hmm. uh and it is I guess at the start it is unclear is that in ways that Hina enjoys because mm-hmm. that is it can be fun to have your things that you are comfortable with uh or the the yeah it can be fun to have things pushed past a, p- a place that you are comfortable with mm-hmm. but still in a controlled manner yeah uh or is it truly like this is just Irie abusing her power over Hina we're only talking about the first two volumes so I, I'm not going to spoil anything that comes later but broad broadly the things that cause the worst things to happen in this manga the, the is not their 
relationship in and of itself. It is people reacting to it. Yes. It, yeah, that's that's the thing that makes the like, oh, BDSM is bad thing kind of fall apart. Like, yeah, sure, they're doing this in an unhealthy way, but it's not it's not their actions that cause everything bad to happen. Yeah. So as I alluded to at the end of the first volume, they get caught. They get caught. Yeah. Uh, they both have different friend groups, like you yeah. said. One of uh, Hina is friends with these two girls. One mm-hmm. is like uh, kind of bubbly, like friendly girl. Mm-hmm. And so they're like shy girl with glasses. Yeah. Shy girl has a thing for the bubbly girl and already kind of doesn't like Hina. Yeah. Uh-huh. Because she wants to be the one closer to yeah. you. Is that her name? You. Yeah. And she catches, she sees them in yep. the classroom. Uh, I and think that's when, that's, uh, when uh, Hina's pissing herself because Aire is, has choked her out, out the window yep. in an attempt to, uh, yeah, to make her piss herself or yep. drop her. Uh-huh. Oh boy! Again, it is like speaking of the bugs and piss room. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, um, and so yeah, that girl whose name I unfortunately cannot remember (laughs) right now. The family commemorative science classroom. (laughs) Sorry, you were saying that girl uh, takes photos and leaves photos and a note in hina's locker yeah she doesn't just take photos this girl starts taking photos every day of them while going disgusting (laughs) disgusting and like recording it all on her computer and like yeah i think at one point there's there's the indication that she has a like wi-fi smart camera Mm -hmm. maybe just loves wi-fi smart cameras yeah Uh um uh yeah it's uh and so um the first note she leaves is like you're disgusting yeah right and then uh like two chapters later or something she leaves another one that is like i will expose you mm-hmm. um because hina is the one getting these messages yes because she's not interested in ivory she wants to stop hina from being close to you yes so hina doesn't tell uh, Iri for a few days because she doesn't know how to tell her because Iri is fairly unstable and this, yeah, and it again, this, make her mad. this is like, this is a power dynamic that uh, is definitely unhealthy, but fixable. But right now, the two of them, yeah, they don't have a healthy, like, I can come to you and like, yeah. talk to you about stuff. Uh-huh. Iri's reaction when she does finally find out about this is pa- sheer panic. And then we're done. Yeah, not we're never talking to each other again. She, we never spoke in the first place. She slaps Hina and is like, "Why didn't you tell me earlier?" Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, yeah, I don't know you. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is after uh, Hina has been hanging on to the fact that kind of when they first started hanging out, or like in middle school, before it got point, too weird. Um, well, you you do. I'll get to that in a sec. Uh, um, Irie did say at some point like hey you're you're my number one always mm-hmm. and like no matter what happens even if we're separated we'll find each other again and yes. so hina's been hanging on to this this like oh yeah even if we have different friend groups like we'll still end up together yeah uh <laughs> ben's grinning uh not in a good way you say you say before it got too weird we do get a flashback in chapter two well they were to... friends before anything weird happened yeah uh but then 
Right. So uh, they're running a marathon, I think, is like the first time any of this happened. Uh-huh. So they're running a marathon and Hina's like, oh, my gosh, I need to stop. And um, Iri's like, it's just a little farther. Come on, let's do our best together. And then Hina ends up puking. And this is what awakens Iri. <laughs> yeah, it activates her. Uh, we then get like this I whole think... school is full of the most freak ass girls. Uh, yes. The, well, but this was in middle school, so uh-huh. different a different school. Uh-huh, uh huh. But and then we immediately get Irie's second request is, "Hey, I know you're on your period because you told me. I want to see your blood. I want to know everything about you." Oh boy. Um. And then uh, Hina just says, and then the requests got weirder and weirder. <laughs> Which is like, yep, that is sure what happened. Yeah. No. No, they do this like every day. Uh huh. It yeah. seems like it seems like most days at least. Yeah, they hang out a lot. I don't know if they do everything something weird every day. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But anyway, <sighs> how does it end? Does it end with the with so the the yeah the ending of volume two is um Hina's friend or friend with quotes around it yeah uh sending the picture to everyone in class saying aren't these two disgusting um and this sets off irie <laughs> sends a bunch of photos it seems like because everyone people seem to know multiple things like multiple of the scenes that they were doing recently yeah yeah mm-hmm. i think you might send more photos later yeah. but um yeah um and so irie who has cultivated this like perfect girl persona Hang out uh, with like the uh, like some like punk kids to look cuter by comparison. Yes, yeah. Uh, sees her her entire like world shattering around her. Uh huh. And that now is the this end of is high school. <laughs> yes. So it was. It's gonna be okay as long as you just like get through it. <laughs> yeah, but it is also like this is high school, so that is your, your entire, entire world. world. Yes, is like the duality of high school. Yeah. It is very much a manga that is. I think this, there are a lot of there are a lot of manga that are set in high school mm-hmm. that honestly could probably be set in other places yeah. without that much work. Yeah. Um. This is a manga that is deeply interested in like the politics of high school. Yes. And like how high schoolers interact. Bullying. Bullying. Ostracization. Yes. Uh, blowing blowing things out of proportion in your own mind because you're a high schooler and you think this is the world, which is like I still do that. Uh huh. But it is, it is so much easier as an almost thirty year old mm-hmm. to say like, "Hey, yeah, of course that was nothing." Uh-huh. Like even even if it's the next day, even if it does, if even if something small does end up ruining my day, the next day I can wake up and be like, "Yeah, that was that was tiny." It, it's a uh, little bigger than that, cause, but really she should change schools. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or something. There's, It's so much easier to, when you have more years under your belt and you're more mature, it's so much easier to look back and be like, oh yeah, I can just like, there is a solution for this. It might not be easy, mm-hmm. but I can do something to solve this as opposed to, oh no, this is literally the end of my life. I might as well just like uh, go hide at home and... We're not talking about anything past that point. No. The reveal. <sighs> Every, it's. I mean, we, we can talk vaguely, but uh-huh. I don't want to. I, I want to give enough that if if this uh, description has at all piqued your interest. Uh, I, see, I think most of the interesting stuff happens after this. The most interesting stuff yes. comes after. 
for sure. Yeah. I guess what we what I could say is that the 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 next bit is Irie starting to tell very obvious lies to cover for herself and trying to like isolate herself further from Hina who still cares about her and wants to help her and the way that this is shaking out is everyone thinks Airi is a monster and Hina may be a weirdo, but innocent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's, I think, yeah, there's, as as Ben just said, that may, may or may not have been cut, I think most of, or the reason that I brought this today mm-hmm. was twofold. One is that we have another, like, kink scene that I think definitely feels more more oriented towards a straight audience uh-huh more for titillation than, than as an exploration of that culture or um of it. like yeah more purposeful i guess mm-hmm. is maybe what i'd say um but the other part is that i think the first two volumes are like interesting mm-hmm. set up an interesting premise and then the last three are like I read this initially, I don't know, a long time ago. and like, You read this a while ago, and you were like, I could never bring this to your ET time. We're not going to talk about yeah. it. And then you've really warmed up on it over time. It has it has stuck with me in a way that uh-huh. I was not expecting initially. Yeah. Like, certainly starting off, I, I didn't read the first three chapters and go, like, this is going to stick with me forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got to no. the end and was like oh this is this is really good i can't tell if this is a thing that is like in the moment this is really good and i'll move on or uh as what actually happened is oh no this has ruined me for this like this has ruined me for a lot of manga because it's so good at what it does Mm -hmm. and i wish more manga was better at that like yeah is it is it too much of a spoiler to call it to say that I've heard it described as a modern tragedy? I don't. It's a tragedy. Yeah. If you're if you're going in hoping that these two have a happy ending, they do not have. Like, a happy I'm ending. sorry. No. Uh, we don't need to spoil what happens, but this is not a happy story. No, and I think that that ties into that really made the whole thing click together for me. Was thinking like, oh yeah, this is like a Shakespearean tragedy. Yeah. Like, stuff is going to happen. Characters are going to be drawn together the circumstances it's it's a not quite romeo and juliet but mm-hmm. it's that kind of thing where like things could go so much better than they are but like the world and the characters expectations get in the way and things just keep getting worse mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i think there are two more things that more like we've gone on this filled our yority time so how long have uh, we been talking about this uh we're at 34 minutes oh, okay. in the recording so usually like usually your et time goes closer to 45 or 50 yeah but. um the note does say should be 30 minutes yeah we never could do that sound. yeah i know um it's aspirational there are like two more points i want to hit yeah. one is um there might be three one is i think i there are two kinds of awful girls that i love one is um like octave which i've talked about before Mm -hmm. is like oh this character is so relatable Uh like yes she's doing really stupid things she's very just self-destructive uh Mm -hmm. but yeah i've also been there i've also done that it's like it is cathartic seeing someone else kind of make similar mistakes Mm -hmm. uh and then there's girls like irie who are just awful yeah not at all relatable uh-huh not not awful in a like oh you make mistakes but like you're forgivable awful in a like 
no, you're just an awful person. Uh-huh. There's nothing. I don't like you. I don't uh-huh. want to spend time with you. I don't. I. I don't even want to be able to relate to you. Mm. You're just terrible. And I like both of them. Uh-huh. But uh, yeah, it is interesting. Like, I do think that there's something relatable in the, uh, uh, Aire's reaction to being caught in that when things start to go off the rails, she is left so completely in the lurch that she has no idea how to handle it anymore. Yes. And like her, her maneuvers to keep herself in control and in power get so much worse constant could like they go get so unsteady and so much less effective as soon as she's questioned yeah and like that that's really interesting to me and relatable in the sense of like yeah when when things start going wrong for me i crack under pressure too <laughs> you know yeah. what i mean yeah there's definitely her actions can be relatable yes her desire is not no like yeah. she's a terrible person uh-huh. uh um yeah so that's one thing i think um i yeah the the other thing that i wanted to make sure to say was it there's a lot of yuri mm-hmm. that uses something as a stand-in for homophobia yeah um and sometimes it works uh i think my favorite stuff like uh, or a lot of my favorite stuff, like how do we relationship and um, uh, what's the octave? Both have actually homophobic characters uh-huh. because that is something that that real people struggle with, and you don't need to have a perfect world where homophobia is eradicated. Mm-hmm. Like, I I also don't need every manga I ever read to be like, oh no, um. But it is nice to. But uh, I think that this really excellently uses um, their like kind of stand has kink stand in for them being gay. Mm-hmm. Of like, yeah, as we said, uh, Hina's friend is deeply in love with Hina's other friend, you. Uh, so we can't have that character just be homophobic. Yeah, because that would be weird. Uh, Homophobia still is part of the reason that that girl can't come out about this is also because of how like at one point lesbian is used as a slur <laughs> yeah in the back as like part of characters like um talking shit about them you know yeah. what i mean but it is like primarily the it is about like the ways in which mm. um a queer desire mm-hmm. uh is as gross as uh-huh uh, like making someone eat bugs uh-huh. or making them puke. Uh, the to... bugs chapter is just like a real like horror movie moment. You know what I mean? Because she like bullies this poor fucking girl into eating a bug. She doesn't want to eat the bug. No. And then like she finally eats the bug and then dawning over the shoulder of the other girl, she notices the jar with like hundreds of bugs in it. Uh-huh. Uh, it's it's a food grade bug. It looks like, uh-huh. but still, <laughs> yep. Um, and so yeah, that's the like. I think it w- works really well as a queer metaphor because it is like, oh, even in a world where a lot of these characters are gay, mm-hmm. there's still we can still tell a story about queerness, yeah, and about how much it sucks to have. To have your desire looked at yeah. and said, like, you're disgusting. You're disgusting. Yeah. You don't deserve to 
be alive uh-huh. or like be certainly not you shouldn't ever talk to me yeah uh-huh um, yeah like that girl who out like eventually will send pictures of them around she oh there's a really horrible scene where it's after they stopped they stopped for like weeks because yeah. of that yeah and uh-huh. it doesn't seem like they're going to start again mm-hmm. and this girl is not satisfied with that she wants hina to stop existing yeah you know what I mean? there's a scene where yeah uh, she her she, the girl she's interested in you is like sharing her lip gloss her lip balm with hina uh-huh. and she's just like staring at it with like this vitriol this hate as hina takes it you know what uh-huh. i mean this is i would say that this is like a she's uh, disgusting and she's gonna taint her just by using her lip balm yeah weeks after she did anything weird <laughs> Uh, this is a like Yurihime house style at this point is like having individual chapters and I know it's not unique to them but having read a lot of Yurihime stuff recently uh, uh, it is interesting seeing the like oh yeah I can see that your editors are like hey uh, what if we had a chapter from this character's perspective this week or this month Um, it is fun I think we we stay mostly focused throughout on uh, Airi and Hina, mm-hmm. but uh, we do occasionally get chapters, or yeah, we get chapters from other characters that are like... Two specific other characters. Yeah, two specific other characters that are like, oh, right, the ways it just... it It is one, that the two of you got caught, and two, the ways in which um, your desires manifest are categorized as gross mm-hmm. or disgusting and these other characters are just as weird they're just yeah. weird in acceptable ways uh-huh in ways that or are, haven't gotten caught or haven't gotten caught but are also like oh yeah that is like you could you could explain away that it wouldn't i don't or it, it might break I'm up your friendships sec- i'm thinking about the second girl yeah <laughs> she's really weird um, but um i don't know they're all pretty weird i think part of it is just the thing is that n- none of them are pure either. In the, like, yes. going back to kink being uh, a stand-in for uh, queerness right mm-hmm. here, uh, the other girls are maybe more palatable, but it doesn't make them palatable if it got out what they are, what they do, right? Yeah, yeah. Because the one girl is, like, collating dozens and dozens and dozens of pictures of other people doing shit while planning to ruin their lives. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, it's not okay. And... It she discovers at, at a point that her the person that she's in love with thinks that it is not okay for someone to do those things. Mm-hmm. It's a great moment. Yeah, but yeah, it's really interesting to, like you said, a lot of times kink comes up in stories like this as like pure fantasy titl- titillation of like stuff that just doesn't happen or exist in real life, mm-hmm. or it's like a running comedy bit, right? Like yes, uh. What's the what's the lesbian brothel one? Uh, Asumi-chan? Asumi-chan. It's like... Asumi-chan is very interested in sex. And yeah. also, it makes a lot of jokes about uh, harder sex. About BDSM stuff. Yeah. Or you know what I mean? plays it lightly. Yeah. As like, oh yeah, this is like something that you could use to like spice up a scene. Yeah, uh-huh. Uh, and it's not really about the mechanics and... Um, risks and uh realities of that kind of yeah. stuff it's you know? it's like oh ha 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 isn't it fun when we introduce this extra element not isn't it fun when we play with power uh-huh. and like what that means mm-hmm. it is about like it is yeah 
and yeah, uh, Kitanai or Kitakawa or, is the the abbreviation Kitakawa, yeah. is really wrapped up in power dynamics, both like in a con- like semi consensual relationship and other people uh, enacting power on you without your consent. Yeah, right. Uh huh. Like the pe- the kids around them, and also people abdicating their power. No adult ever tries to help them. Yeah, it is not really... even not even to step in to see if Hina has been bullied. It doesn't seem. Yeah, you know, like the adults just stay the fuck out of it. I think as the class like tear, starts to tear them apart. It was interesting reading the first two volumes, rereading the first two volumes, uh, and realizing, oh, the teacher appears in the first chapter, and then we never see another adult for the next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, I think we do a little later yeah but... a parent comes up and right a couple of the both parents like come up at points both the uh, girls like moms i think but it very much but, like feels they don't have like faces. a like and also oh well yeah their response what can we do much like like grow up like yeah. stop it stop being a big baby uh-huh you know what i mean yeah <laughs> the baby scene <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh. oh boy it does an excellent job of having it much like Asumi is like half plot, half mm-hmm. scene. Um, a lot like all of the kind of fetish stuff is is very much in that mold mm-hmm. of like either before or after the scene, we're gonna have uh stuff that is just normal class stuff. Yeah. Uh and it does a great job of like, oh, the the scene this week is blindfolding and like sensory play. So uh, everyone's going to be talking about glasses and contacts mm-hmm. in the normal, in the like quote unquote normal life mm-hmm. section or like, yeah, there's a scene where, uh, uh, yeah, I makes getting her ideas from like casual conversation. Yeah. Which is really fun. Yeah. It's a really good manga. Mm-hmm. Uh, really? I think I've heard ben, people. One sec. One, okay, actually ahead. one last thing that I, that I've remembered I wanted to bring up is Ben said it was a tragedy, and I think there are versions of this story that you could tell that are do not end in tragedy. Yes, totally. And I don't think that they're nearly as good. I don't uh-huh. think that they stick with me the same way at all. It is fundamentally a story that kind of requires it to have a tragic ending. Yeah, yeah. I think that this is um, going to be... This is a really interesting thing to read while we're reading Unlimited Blade Works, specifically because I've heard Unlimited Blade Works referred to as the bleak one of the of yeah. the Fate Stay Night th- uh, 3 roots. And, like, reading something that is just so, like, so much more bleak in such a more interesting and considered way. <laughs> like, Unlimited Blade Works so far, the directions that it's going feel very much like it's action movie bleakness to me. <laughs> Yeah, it's bleak in a shonen sense. It's bleak in a shonen sense, and it's, yeah, it's, like, a lot less weight, weighty, right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe, maybe I changed my mind at the end of this, of Unlimited Blade Works, but you said at some point that Unlimited Blade Works feels like a, a like, collation of ideas that could be bleak. Yeah. <laughs> More than it has a, like... Uh, a, a through line for that, that bleakness and we'll, we'll you know get I mean? into some of that today yeah <laughs> um yeah it so, feels like it feels like nasu sat down and was like okay this one has to be the bleak route mm-hmm. uh here are a series of scenes that individually fit that theme 
that don't necessarily coalesce into a thematic whole. Yeah. At least so far. Again, like I haven't I haven't finished this route in uh-huh. a while, so maybe we end and we're like, oh yeah, actually it all fits together really well. Yeah. But I yeah, I I have a feeling I'm going to be that not that I think go- I'm going to end up like thinking that Unlimited Blade Works is bad and doesn't work at all, but I don't think uh compared to other Nasu stuff, even and compared to other things, I don't think I'm gonna be like, wow, Unlimited Blade Works. Have you read Unlimited Blade Works? You know what I mean? Yeah. The, the game as a whole, sure, but... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Part of part of it is that there aren't just other possibilities. There are other stories that happen instead, which is interesting. Like, Kitakawa is oh, yeah, constantly yeah. like, oh, yeah, this could just go different. Yeah. But it's not going to go different. It's no. going exactly where it's going. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Which is, I think, yeah. Uh, and that's, like, said, that's like, like, that's a either a flaw or a benefit of the visual novel format right yeah uh depending on how you use it and it's part of what makes fate stuff interesting fate visual novels interesting but also can make things feel floaty because you know that there's a good end coming Mm -hmm. next to the bad the like true end yeah where things are nicer yeah and also there's a sequel where everyone hangs out Uh uh-huh you know what i mean yeah any any Kitakawa stuff about uh, them hanging out and having a great time after all of this is deeply, deeply sad. <laughs> yeah, seeing the artist um, or the mangaka posting about Kamiket, uh merch that they're selling is just, like, heartbreaking. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> There's a there's a fascinating conversation to be had about, like, the cutesy marketing, uh, like... Kitakawa like having cutesy merch in the same way that everything else does that comes out of Yorihime and uh like manga of the style you know what yeah. I mean uh-huh. um but I don't think we have time to go into that yeah it is very funny that they did an ASMR though yeah there's an ASMR of the first volume including uh uh Hina puking uh directly into your ears if you want that. <laughs> I didn't know that the puking was in there uh yeah and um it's yeah i think it is it is funny that it is as cutesy as it is Mm -hmm. because there's like oh yeah there's uh like at comicet she has stickers of i think it's i can't remember which one but one of the two of them puking rainbow vomit and like yeah and like there's so much like extra chapter stuff of them like being cute and all having fun and like all of the like bonus doodles things that you get in every other kind of like kind of like fun yeah. Yuri manga uh-huh you know what i mean it's really it's really interesting and i think the juxtaposition is intentional and part yes. of it but also yeah. it's interesting how like the merchandising machine runs i'm also just like it's fascinating that the editorial department of yurihime didn't say no this has to have a happier ending or like uh-huh. at any point said no actually this has to go i mean shout outs to the yurihime like yeah, editing department yeah. for letting uh-huh. stuff go like really off track this is like also at some point in the future we're gonna have to talk about um if i could reach you mm-hmm. i don't remember the japanese title um but i think they're roughly the same um which is like similarly kind of surprising in how much it bucks like kind of more traditional mm-hmm. yuri like uh i don't want to say like yeah tropes or or plot beats that are like kind of almost that is like oh yeah if your thing is a romance Mm -hmm. you kind of expect it to follow a bunch of 
things and it's interesting seeing it's always it is always fun seeing stuff that is like relatively long like five volumes for it yuri is not short yeah. um and it's always fun seeing something like that just like no we're gonna buck the trend we're not gonna have this be a like warm uh-huh. uh fuzzy thing at the end hey, keep an eye out for the kitakawa anime coming soon <laughs> It's popular enough to get one, but it's not going to do it. I almost spit out my drink. <laughs> uh, it seems popular enough to get one, but like the content of the first few chapters, again, bucks the trend of like having a few like lead-up chapters that you can adapt into it, or like a couple lead-up volumes that you can adapt into an anime without it getting too uh, much, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Too spicy. I'm very excited for the Yuri's My Job anime, even if I'm like... How long have we been going, fam? Uh, 52 minutes. Oh, it's not as bad as I thought. No. But I feel like that was a pretty good discussion. Yeah, I had a lot of fun. Um, um, again, I think we we kind of talked around a lot of the most interesting stuff in this, um, which is just, like, the unfortunate part of how we do this. Like, we yeah. didn't bring this as a book club. Yeah. Um, but I would highly recommend, if any of what we said sounds at all interesting, like, mm-hmm. again, it is... It it went from like it's oh it's four a.m. and I'm finally done and I'm not sure how to feel about myself uh-huh. to like oh this is one of the best manga I've read. Uh-huh. Um, Fascinating. Should just yeah. get caught. Fuck. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, it's really interesting how it does um, things like the festival you know what i mean mm-hmm. so early like they use up the like yuri moments so quickly they just like burn through mill through them you it know what i mean they feels... like talk about the hot springs they do the like um they do date day pretty quick uh-huh. they do uh there's like i think going to an amusement park is used as like bonus chapter uh-huh. stuff you know what i mean yeah and they just mill through that because it's all fodder for like the stuff that comes later. Yeah. Because it, it's not about them getting together. Yeah. It's really fun the ways that it's like, oh, this is a flashback. This is about the two of them dating in middle school. Mm-hmm. Like, not not explicitly yeah. because there's always the like, because they haven't ever talked about it is the problem. It's like, oh, you just, the two of you need to sit down and Hina, you need to say, I like you romantically. Yeah. And, like, Irie, you need to accept that. And either say, like, okay, fine. Like, like, yeah. like, you're also the person I care most about. I don't have, like, romantic feelings, really. Mm-hmm. I just haven't, like, figured them out. But uh-huh. I'm glad to know that I won't ever have to worry about you going with anyone else. Um, but, yeah. February 9th. All right. 10. We spent Strike so Lovers. We cut so much stuff. Also, at the end there, me and Fen just kept going. Well, we haven't cut it yet, but it is going to get We're cut. absolutely cutting all of that, yeah. Yeah. Strike Lovers is a pretty good name, Fen. Yeah. It's fun. It's it's like kind of fun. It doesn't Oh. Really... Wait. Yeah. Yeah. I also like union strikes. <laughs> yes, yes, we are also strike lovers on here. Uh, it's I don't think it really has much to do with the day, but no. it feels more evocative than any of the other English titles so far. I think it has more to do with the next day after this one, right? I don't even know. 
Because that's when they go to... That's when they go batting. Is that? Yeah, I guess so. Because this is a school day. Yeah. Anyway, no there one, are no strikes. No one's getting strikeouts, though. They're all very good at baseball. No, but like you strike the baseball. You can strike a lot of things. You can strike a match. You can strike uh, uh, Hina's face. You can <laughs> <laughs> ben and I... This probably got cut because I think Ben's half of the conversation probably didn't get recorded super well. Yeah. But we discussed putting that long conversation we just had at the beginning at the end because I was like, wait a sec. It's really deflationary to go from like something that we're very positive on that has in some ways similar themes to this route and Uh then go like, yeah. And then I guess Unlimited Blade Works is fine. It's. But it's not really. It's uh-huh. like it's boring. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the there's next a scene that we days have some interesting stuff in them, but we're not like we're not through the roof. Yeah, at this, this point of um, the fate route, it was getting hot. It was heating up. We yeah. were getting so excited. We yeah. were talking about Kotamine. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, Ben, I still do love Kotamine. Yeah, he is. His lack of presence is felt in these four days. It's true. It's true. Every time he comes up, though, I'm like, ha ha, to meet <laughs> Anyway. Uh, but Ben reminded me that we want to do a callback to that long discussion. Yeah, yeah. We have a, a scene and coming like, okay, up. That there's we a reason. And also, I, I realized during that conversation, I was like, oh, maybe it is appropriate that we're going from something that we're like, hey, this is bleak and like really handles it quite well mm-hmm. to Unlimited Blade Works, which does not... <laughs> Uh, okay, okay. Let's talk. Let's talk about strike lovers. Shiro. Last we saw Shiro, he was uh, Saber was like, "Hey, let me know if anything bad happens to you after all that." And mm-hmm. then Shiro goes to bed in excruciating pain, and it's like, "I'm not gonna tell Saber about this." It's probably fine, Ben. You know what, Ben? I have an announcement to make. Yeah, I'm gonna try and give Shiro less shit from now on. I'm not that I, not that I'm, not that I'm jazzed about Shiro, but you know what? I'm going to embrace just letting it go because he doesn't matter. <laughs> he does matter a lot in this game, but uh-huh. I'm going to just try and be a little more chill. Mm-hmm. I got really amped up about defending my dislike of Shiro because a lot of people are like, what are you talking about? Shiro's great. Shiro's really interesting. And it's like, yeah, he's got interesting stuff. It's a personal dislike. Letting it go. Conversation over. Let's continue. No more anti-Shiro agenda. Let's I mean, it is. it is... Yeah, um, I do. I think we said at the end of last episode that he's like, pain will probably be over when I when the yeah, when dawn so happens. And it's like, okay, dude, two things. One, how do you know? Yeah. Two, uh, I've you need had, sleep. <laughs> I've also had that thing where I'm like, oh man, I feel like shit. Hopefully, it goes away <laughs> after I sleep a little bit. And sometimes it works out, and sometimes it doesn't. In this case, yeah. it did work out. He's like, wow. Three whole hours of sleep. I'm so rested. I feel great. Shiro. No more pain. In fact, I can't feel the entire left half of my body. He can still move it fine, though. Yeah. He's like, I must have just slept on my arm funny, and it made my toes, like, completely disassociated from my nervous system. That's a really... See, that's... This is this is the wildest logical leap that he makes, because... In that case, usually that means that you're just, like, dragging around that part of your body, not that you can still move it uh-huh. fine, you just can't I've feel it. I've had that, like, your prickly sensation where, like, you can't, like, your arm doesn't really feel right, but, like, 
You can still move you it? You can still move it. Huh. It's clumsier, which is what we see with Shiro. For me, it's always like, oh, I am thinking as hard as I can, and I just can't move this part of my body. Uh -huh. I can, like, walk on a leg that's fallen asleep. But, I cannot. But it, like, it, it feels really... It, it tickles very bad. Yeah. Um, Shiro, as we know, he loves to tell lies that can't even fool himself. Uh, Absolutely. He's huge into it. He really needed Aoko to sit him down. <laughs> he just never got that. To be fair, Shiki also loves I, telling lies that he can't even fool himself. Yeah, but he knows it's wrong. He like thinks to himself, like, fuck, I know this isn't working. And then he goes and does something else. I think uh, Aoko is a better dad than Kiryu's <laughs> Is what we're coming down on. <laughs> is Alco Daddy the longest <laughs> thread in the history of the four? Alco comes back from her day working at the like body shop <laughs> in her jeans. <laughs> like, I'm saying now Alco is Daddy. Uh huh. That that is the official stance of Fate Moon Archive. Well, her daddiness could be called into question when we get to her visual novel. So let's yeah, let's hold off on making it official. But she's daddy curious at least. <laughs> anyway, food report. What are they eating? What's I hope Shiro? Everyone's make? enjoying all of the clipping that I'm causing. Um, Shiro cannot use his hand very well, and so he's like, "No knives. I'm just gonna make bread, ham, eggs, and instant clam chowder." Mm-hmm. Which had instant clam chowder on hand? This is fascinating because Taiga's like, in a, in a few minutes, is like, this smells like instant clam chowder. And Shiro's like, no, no, no. I would never do such a thing. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you're just not in the fucking mood to cook for Taiga. Is that, Ben? Yeah. I would believe that Karitsugu had instant clam chowder. It has just been but there the whole time. That would make it like 10 years old. And I don't know. Frozen in the back of the fridge. I bet Shiro has a stock of instant food that he'll never admit to using. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or like days where he's like, I really just can't be bothered to cook for Taiga. For Taiga? You know what I mean? Yeah. If Sakura is there, he's cooking. Yes. If Taiga is the only one there, I don't know. It's been a long day. Maybe he just pulls out some, like... I would... This is mean to Taiga, but I would believe that Taiga can smell the difference. She cannot taste the difference. Um, let's see. Uh, Taiga doesn't eat butter. That's She'll only weird. eat margarine. I use a lot of margarine, but butter is better. Yeah. It's very, this is such a pointless fact, but it's very uh -huh. funny. It's very 90s uh -huh. of like, ah, oh, margarine is so much healthier than butter. Taiga can believe it's not butter. Yes. It turns out. Um, Shiro gets ready to leave and Saber's like, so uh, did you forget to make me lunch? <laughs> it's so cute. She really can't cook shit for herself, huh? Um, yeah, it's it's really adorable. Uh, Shiro's like, it's Saturday. So it's only a half day at school. I'll be back in time for lunch. It'll be a little late, but it, I'll, uh -huh. I'll be back in time to cook you lunch. She also was like, hey, I noticed that you're moving your arms and legs strangely. And he's like, no, no, I'm not. Anyway, uh, this line where he tells Saber that meals are her only <laughs> hobby <laughs> is so funny. <laughs> Uh, Saber tries her best to deny this and cannot come up with no. any other hobbies that she has. 
<laughs> Listen, I love Saber. Meals are her only hobby. Yeah, uh-huh. Maybe, maybe one day we'll get to the show about cooking for Saber and see some other hobbies of hers. <laughs> I'm sure she's got them. Well, the... The the cute thing about Emiya Gohan is that it is about teaching Saber to cook a little bit, uh-huh. so she could at least make her own food. Uh huh. We cut. We skip past the entirety of school. Nothing happens. Yeah. And also, notably, Shiro's like, I don't remember anything that happened. I think I was really woozy all day. <laughs> that's unfortunate. That's, that's a bad sign. He leaves, and then it's like, oh shit, I forgot to talk to Rin all day. Oh well, and then goes home and. Food report. What's he making? He's making what are what is the uh, translation calls it codfish pot. I assume it's like skiaki. That's dinner, actually. Dinner. Right now, he's just making teriyaki chicken. Oh, oh. He does mention that he's gonna make some codfish pot for later, whatever that is. Which is yeah. I assume it's a pot with a fish in it. I mean, like yeah, generally. Yeah. <laughs> Shiro drops a plate. Uh, and, uh, Saber is like, hey, uh, maybe take it easy a little bit. I don't want your blood in my meal. Tsukihime Uh, girls stay winning. Saber is a weakling. Uh, Shiro agrees to make, like, take it easy on lunch, not go, uh, so hard on it. And then, uh, Rin comes by and she's mad at him for not getting in touch. Mm Mm-hmm. He apologizes, and then she invites herself in for lunch. Mm-hmm. Shiro consistently is like, okay, well, good that we talked. Anyway, uh, you going home now? And Rin is like, why? What a nice place you have she here. She just walks past him. Yeah, it's good. Uh, it's time to discuss their plan to face down with Caster. What's their plan? Uh, good question, Ben. They have no plan. <laughs> Um, Saber discusses the, 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 like, anti-servant field around the temple. She's like, okay, okay. Archer has a skill called independent action. He can force his way through the barrier from any direction. Mm -hmm. I have to walk through the front gate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Rin is also worried that if they fight her on the, the temple, even if they defeat Caster, Caster will turn herself into a bomb with all of the energy she's drained and destroy the temple, the mountain, and them. That's fascinating. That seems fun. I, how can she do that, I guess? That's a good question. I guess just like a big, big spell, but that seems yeah. like a, something you would need a noble phantasm for. Yeah. Maybe it's one of Caster's class skills. Yeah, yeah. Uh, blow up. Mm-hmm. Blow up your lab, yeah. Explode, deal a bunch of, like, 120 uh-huh, power physical damage. And you, like, pick up what looks like a Pokeball, but it's Caster, and... Yeah. So, Ray... Raber? Rin and Saber. <laughs> Raber? Uh, are like, we have to lure her out, but we don't have a good idea how... Uh, also, Sabin? we know... What? Sabin. Sabin. <laughs> at that point, Rin's like, hey, Shiro, why are you sitting all weird at the edge of the table really far away from me? Why aren't you sitting in your normal spot? And he's like, because you took my spot at the head of the table. Uh-huh. And also he's, uh... He's also nervous, yeah. Yeah. He likes Rin. As we're repeatedly reminded. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um... Let's see. Rin invites herself for dinner as well. 
Chiro prepares the cod pot. <laughs> and uh, Taiga arrives saying that it's snowing out. She greets Rin. He's like, oh, I don't see you here often, Rin. And then uh, then runs through a series of different sprites before freaking out. Uh-huh. The, the, My first uh... thought was Rin used like the mage hypnosis skill that everyone knows mm. to like make Taiga not think it was weird. But she did, Rin, it feels like... Rin probably knows that spell, but considers it cheating. Yeah. Is how I would think of Rin. Um, yeah, it is fun. The sheer number of sprites that everyone has. It is, it is fun to get, like, animation. Like, low frame animation, yeah. effectively, of Two characters. Animation is very fun. Um. Uh, Rin talks her way out of it, like, in three seconds. And then, uh, let's see... Shiro insists on doing the dishes himself, tells Taiga to go run a bath. Um, Shiro breaks two dishes in 20 minutes and drops another one. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a very, uh, Rin is in the background asking Taiga, so does he always drop this many dishes while he's doing dishes? <laughs> Taiga says that the presence of his enemy is making him nervous, Rin being the enemy. Uh-huh. Then Rin's like, okay, I'm going to do the dishes. Get, get out of here, Shiro. Later on, we get a choice of what to do. Do we go talk to Rin, go to talk to Saber, or Mandarin, Mandarin, Mandarin? Um, it's cold out, so it's perfect weather for oranges? Yeah. I guess that's uh, a, like a New Year's thing, yes. isn't it? So yeah. they have leftover mandarins from that time that Taiga bought two or three crates of mandarins. Uh-huh. Let's talk about mandarins first, I guess. We're going to do all three, yeah. This is the least, my least favorite scene, I think. Um... Yeah, Taiga starts, or Shiro starts eating mandarins. Uh, Taiga is like, hey, why aren't you talking to Rin? He's like, why would I be talking to Rin? It's fine. Uh He's going to be going home soon. (laughs) And then Taiga asks, oh, you, she like starts to walk away and she's like, but you like Rin more than Saber, right? And he's like, yeah. And then like her face turns into Neko arc and she's like, fuck, (laughs) I fucked up. Uh, She's like, Why do you, what do you like about her? And she says that she's pushy and red, which <laughs> is pretty good. A very funny description. It's true. I I guess. Yeah, it is. That's Rin. Pushy and red. Instead, let's, let's go talk, talk to, to Saber. Shiro asks Saber what kind of foods she likes. She's very suspicious at first, but when he says that it'll help him make food for her better, she opens up immediately. Yep. So uh, what kind of foods does she like? All of them? Well, okay, Ben, uh-huh. most of them. She uh, does not like English food. Because <laughs> she's like, uh, he's like, you like sweet foods? Yes. You like spicy foods? Yes. Do you like vegetables? Yes. Do you like meat? Yes. And he's like, okay, what do you think of like cuisine where you come from? He does not know this is England at this uh-huh. point. And there's like a sound effect and then a zoom in <laughs> on her face. And she looks like di- upset and disappointed. And she says, it was roughly made. <laughs> the, uh, let's see. Yeah. One, Such this a is, funny picture. this is the perfect scene. Yeah. It's, she looks, uh, embarrassed and also like stressed thinking about it the background is black and white like it's such a funny like bit that we still get jokes about british cooking being bad in fake grand order when it uh-huh. comes up the the word that she uses means rough crude sloppy or messy uh-huh uh which sums up english cooking <laughs> 
Uh, you don't like a meat pie or a boiled like meat pudding? I don't mind a meat pie, but I would call it uh, rough, crude, sloppy, and messy. So, Saber is like, but now that I've had this excellent cooking, your life is on the line making sure that you continue cooking Uh good for me. Yeah, Shiro's like, I don't want to, I don't want, uh, I don't want to know what will happen if I don't make uh, Saber a perfect meal. Let's go talk to Rin, because that's, it's Rin time, you yeah, know what I mean? I guess. Uh, Rin is snooping in Shiro's man cave. I was right! What? Last, last route, when I said, um, that he projected a bunch of empty shells yeah. in the And they're just there. Man cave. I thought yeah. they went away. Me too. I guess it's just because he's got special projection powers or something like that. Yeah. Or, I don't know. Or... Maybe it's just so that she can look at them, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so Rin is actually impressed with this. She's like, I think you could do some cool shit if we taught you properly. Uh-huh. Well, yeah. Shiro trying to get rid of her. Mm-hmm. He's like, listen, it's getting late. You're female. We got to get you home safe. One one sec, real quick. Yes. From the Rin scene, the... uh. I think Rin makes a comment about um, how. Wait, it is in this scene, right, and not upcoming. I may have missed I it. I, um, uh, Rin makes a comment about how he, he Shiro, gets all of the magic that he needs from himself. Yeah. In a way that is like, which is like, it seems like you could project way cooler things if uh, she taught you how to get magic from the world the way that most mages work, but. Uh, but also, it's again we come back to our old friend archery and like the the focus on <laughs> uh, Ben just rolled their eyes. Uh-huh. But uh, the way that like Shiro is fundamentally always his opponent is always himself, mm-hmm. not and his opponent and also his strength mm-hmm. is himself, not his interactions with the world. I see, and it's very interesting for Shiro. <laughs> I'm being open and accepting. <laughs> I I don't know. It is just fun. Like mm-hmm. I fun is probably the wrong word, but like Nasu has a thematic point, and he's yes. gonna keep making. It. Yes, he does. I can't wait to see how it shakes out. Um, I do think it's funny that Shiro's so worried about Rin walking home. Not for obviously not because of servants. He's particular. He's concerned because she's a girl at night, and it's like Rin could shoot a man to death. With her fingers, if he came anywhere near her. Yeah. Shiro has improved from uh, fate, but he's not. He still has that, like, classic Nasu-like lay sexism. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Uh, they talk more about Caster. That's, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Rin gets up and says something about... Oh, she says something about how... The bounded field around the uh, Emia house feels like it was made by someone with human emotion compared uh-huh. to hers. Which That's is really, really fun. Yeah, there's like a handmade quality to it that she thinks is homey. Mm-hmm. Uh, they sit on the porch together for a bit. Um, she There's an interesting thing here where she's talking about how this house is so undefense, indefensible. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like... Even the workshop where Kiritsugu had a magic circle, you know what I mean? There's no lock on that door. Or it only locks from the inside. 
You don't lock it when you're not in it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And she says that this is because there is nothing stored here. There is no secrets being held here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Her house is a fortress that uh, she, sa- she says that it pushes away people who try to come in. And if you do get in, it tries to make it so that you can never leave. Yeah. You know what I mean? She was she speculates that her pushing people away and then trying to keep them close when they do get close personality is part of why she is the successor to the family. Yeah. Uh, so Shiro's like, so you're saying you're a bully? And she's like, fuck you, man. <laughs> and she goes on to be like, talk about her training as a mage and saying like, it's it's tr- difficult stuff, but I enjoy it and I'm only doing it because I want to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which Shiro is then immediately like, oh, cool. If you're having fun, then uh, your family legacy doesn't weigh on you at all. That's cool and good. Uh-huh. And like, I don't. I don't know that that's how that works. Yeah, it's interesting because there's a thing being said here where she's like, no, no, no. I chose to have the massive burden of the Tosaka legacy, like, dumped on me. Yeah. Which is like, like, not true. I believe that Rin wants to believe that. Uh Uh-huh. I don't think that that is true. Uh Uh-huh. I would also believe that she thinks that training yeah. is fun and that she thinks that yeah. all of the she preparation that she does made. she likes like, being yeah. powerful you know what i yeah. mean but that doesn't mean that her actions are not at all dictated by that legacy uh-huh and it doesn't mean that she's not lonely yeah uh-huh you know what i mean that's really where it breaks down is her being like but i would like to go out for crepes with people more mm-hmm. you know what i mean and i don't want to have to kill them if mm-hmm. they find out so, um, Shiro does not enjoy doing magic or anything that he does. He has no hobbies and no interests, and all he's doing is copying what he thinks Kiritsugu thinks that he should be doing. Mm-hmm. Even though Kiritsugu repeatedly told him not to do that. Yeah. Um, Which is the, again, we come back to, and I think we've talked about this before, but again, we come back to the fun bit about, like, oh yeah, no matter what your parents do, they will kind of shape you. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, like, There's no way to raise a kid without uh, leaving an imprint on yeah. them. You know what I Tokusaka's mean? Tokusaka's dad was like, uh, no, yes, you are the you are my successor, uh-huh. and so I'm going to teach you as such. And Kuritsuka was like, please don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, but both of them have ended up following in their, yeah. in their dad's footsteps. No moms in this. No mom. Game. Yeah. Period. Saber's not mommy. Saber's a mom. Saber's a dad. Saber's a dad. Rin is furious at him, like, saying all this stuff about, like, not enjoying the stuff that he's doing and not really caring about it and just feeling driven to do it, right? Uh Uh-huh. And she says that he's even more like Archer than she originally thought, and she's mad about it. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. She's like, I'm going to beat the shit out of you at school tomorrow. And he's like, what? (laughs) schoolyard bully rin very fun this yeah i do like the image of like eight-year-old rin and eight-year-old shiro on the playground being like no uh-huh my like way's better in their eyes you know what i mean um he tries to she walks off he tries to catch up to her to walk her home but she's already taken over the guest house mm-hmm. uh taiga casually tells him not to sexually assault rin uh and then <sighs> eats a cracker 
And uh, Shiro's so flustered about her being within 100 feet of him still. Yep. Shiro goes to the shed to do some training. Um, He's thinking about archer swords once again. He thinks about archer swords so much. He likes archer swords so much. Like, to be fair, they're they're just too fat for me. I don't think they're very cool looking. I think they're swords that are trying to be cool looking. Yeah. Which suits archer because he's not cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh Uh-huh. And suits Shiro because Shiro thinks that they're cool, but they're definitely not cool because he's also not cool. Uh-huh. So I think they're I think they're good in that sense, but aesthetically I don't like them. Uh his left side is still fucked up, and he's like, if I do projection again, I'll probably die. That's unfortunate. Yeah. Seems like it could be a useful skill, you know what I mean? Saber comes to check on him. She's happy that Rin's been around because mm-hmm. uh, that's really Rin's been missing from the dynamic of the house mm-hmm. since uh, this route. Shiro starts telling her a story about Kiritsugu and how he was happiest when they were together. And Saber tells a fun story about a, her own pet mage uh-huh. who caused her a lot of trouble, who was a man she really looked up to and cared about. Um, but was so annoying that she ca- he caused most of her problems and made the entire age worse. Yep, and uh, she does mention that, uh, yeah, you have it written down that uh, his problems with love got him stuck under a big rock where he's still complaining about love. I'm so glad that that is his fate in this, too, is Uh that he's stuck under that big fucking rock that a lady of the lake put him under. Uh It's very funny. Still there, apparently. Yeah. I mean, like, he's immortal, so Mm -hmm. can't go anywhere else. I... I do love the bit of like, it's like, you know, half a book later or something that is like, oh yeah, and then like Merlin tried to convince someone to move the rock on top of him and uh, the lady from the lake showed up again and was like, actually, I put that rock under an enchantment. I'm the only one who can move it. And then walks away again. <laughs> and she's just hanging out waiting to tell him that at a good moment when he thinks yeah. he might get out. It's very funny. So... They have this cute exchange, uh, affection exchange, and Saber's like, so what's up? What's up with your left side? And uh, he's like, well... And then Archer comes in. Yep. Archer's Archer here. is here. And he's not in the mood to kill Shiro right now. It doesn't. Well, I think Archer's always in the mood to kill Shiro, but he can't right now, so he's going to help instead. Yep. Archer knows exactly what's wrong with Shiro. Down to the centimeter of object displacement uh, uh-huh. in his body. Like, like he's his sensations are off by seven centimeters, I think he says. Uh-huh. Uh, and he's like, okay, I can help out. I had something like this happen to me once. Mm-hmm. Um, he could just, what, like slaps him on the back or something? Yeah, he whaps him on the back and is like, okay, it's not, good news. Your whole left side isn't rotting from the inside. That is good news, Ben. <laughs> uh, it seems that... You remember the magic switch? The my magic circuit uh, switch? My whole left side is not rotting from the inside. Shirt is <laughs> <laughs> prompting a lot of questions already answered by my shirt. Um, you remember yes. the switch? Yeah. Rin helped him open that switch before. She never learned that he had that problem this time. Uh, yeah. It seems Shiro has forced it open of his own accord. Yeah. Uh, and so his body is just kind of taking a while to get used to that. Well, I think Rin did say that, like normally it's like a week-long process so i'd say Shiro's body's doing a really good job of adapting to it but it's true um he then notes that shiro tried to make or made his sword specifically it was like it's a bit much for you 
Mm-hmm. Um, he says also says they lost an arm when he first used projection magic, which is interesting. He has two. So she, she, he's like talking about this. Shira's like, so uh, what was all that stuff about drowning in my ideals and dying? And Archer's <laughs> like, well, it says it on the tin, but I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I um, do. I do actually like this conversation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Every time Archer shows up to dunk on Shiro and Shiro's like willfully trying not to understand the like very actionable advice he's giving him is very fun. Um, yeah. Basically, Archer's claim is that you can't fight for an ideal. You need to fight for someone like you need to even if you have an ideal and you are putting into practice that ideal, uh, you need to have that be for someone. Um, it could be yourself. Uh-huh. You could say like, ah. Oh, Am I jumping ahead too far? No, no. Okay. Um, you could say like, okay, my ideal is I'm going to save everyone and I will be miserable if I don't do this. Mm-hmm. So I'm fighting for myself, really. Uh, but you can't... Uh, oh, right. But you can't both fight for yourself and also a borrowed or fake ideal. Uh-huh. Which is uh, <laughs> hitting Shiro exactly where it hurts. Yeah. I like this line. If you fight for ideals, the only thing you can save are ideals. There is no way you can save people. Mm-hmm. The game Archer on Twitter dunking on like purist people who uh, don't believe in community engagement. Uh huh. Because uh, everyone's uh, understanding of theory is flawed. The game plays this as Saber also being kind of abashed mm-hmm. at Archer's speech. Well, Saber does not fight for herself. Yeah, you know I mean? but she does fight for people. I think that Archer's point is partly you have to be a little bit selfish about this. Yeah. Or you're going to be... Dis- like like Rin was saying about excess money. You know yeah. what I mean? You'll be destroyed by only fighting for the people around to save other people if you aren't also doing it for yourself. Yeah. So that's the part that's getting Saber. Yeah. Because I think it, she it, did fight for the ideal of a perfect nation and she's still doing it right now. Yeah. Which is like... I, I just feel like saber has such a more concrete mm-hmm. thing that she is fighting for that is like a lot of this really doesn't apply to you actually like um mm-hmm. but the game wants to draw that parallel yeah. again and so or I someone's guess, yeah. gotta talk someone's gotta give saber some advice about her situation i guess yeah we're not getting any of that on screen we do get a good moment of like archer leaving and uh shiro and saber just kind of looking at each other like abashedly uh-huh. going like yeah, that that was good advice, I guess. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, Archer on his way out is like, you're probably just going to keep fighting for that fake dream until you die. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> and like they keep, they don't talk to each other. Yeah. And then we're on to day 11. February 10th, 11, Witchcraft. Uppercase C, which makes it sound like a witch-themed Minecraft spinoff to me. Yeah, I would believe that this is a mod pack for Minecraft. Um, Shiro is once again dreaming about the fire. He loves to dream about the fire. Uh, He thinks about Kiritsugu. Um, Ooh, I like this line too. Uh, 
A borrowed ideal, salvation like a coin passed from hand to hand, a thankless end. Mm. That's a good line. Yeah. Man. Uh-huh. Um, he remembers that he never wanted to be a superhero particularly. Kiritsugu told him the story about wanting to be a superhero when he was a kid, and he adapted that as if it was his own. Uh-huh. Uh, Shiro wakes up feeling worse than yesterday. <laughs> but it's like, well, at least it's sunny today. Shiro being surprised at how bright it is this early definitely made, and no one else being around made me think that it was way later than he thought, but uh-huh. no, that was uh-huh. just my own. Uh, he goes to make breakfast. I guess the thing is, is that it's February, so days are getting longer. Yeah. So it's like, oh, oh, suddenly it's, it's bright out at this time. When, yeah. And know, it's less cloudy than it's was, been yeah. for the last couple days. It's nice. It's like sunny and warm out. I wish it was less sunny and warm out here. here yeah. It's kind of dim right now. Yeah. Shiro goes to make breakfast and realizes that a whole loaf of bread is missing, replaced by money. <laughs> That's weird. Who he was? He's like, well, Saber doesn't have any money, and Taiga would not pay me for anything that she takes from me. <laughs> so we get a choice, though. Uh, make some Japanese food and bring it to the culprit, or go shopping. Um, Both of these options are fine. Yeah, guide says make Japanese food, but I went shopping first. Okay. Let's go shopping. I don't know if I did the whole thing for shopping. Um, yeah, no, I just did a little bit. There's like a manly man tofu guy uh-huh. uh, at the tofu store who sells Shiro some tofu and gives him some free soy milk. Great guy. Great, Great guy. guy. Uh, that's all I saw from that. Yeah. <laughs> He's voiced. It's so funny. Uh-huh. One-off voiced characters are always fun. Uh-huh. It's like, why? Why? <laughs> I mean, I guess like it's all voiced, uh-huh. so you needed to voice them. But I know this is like a like a, a street marketplace. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. With lots of little shops that specialize in very specific things. But the idea of a shop at what just sells tofu is so funny to me. Uh-huh. Tofu and soy milk. I mean, both of those are soy products. I know, I know. It's just very funny to me. Anyway, let's do the other thing. Let's not yeah. go out. Shiro goes to confront Rin about stealing bread last night. It's almost 7 o'clock. There's no way she could still be sleeping. So he pounds on her door, and she does not answer. We get a choice to peek or don't. Ben, you should not peek. Don't walk into someone's room while they're sleeping. Fen, Fen, it's 7 o'clock. No one sleeps past 7 o'clock on their day off. Are you kidding me? There's no way she's sleeping. She's just being playful and ignoring him. Okay. He opens the door and does not see any Rins. He does see a trio of Bentos uh, all ready to go. Uh, and then notices that Rin is sleeping in bed wearing unbuttoned uh, kitty pajamas. The kitty pajamas are cute. Uh, it's that it is unbuttoned like to her belly button. And like just peeking open a little bit is unreasonable. <laughs> it's very funny to me that Rin usually sleeping alone would wear her pajamas with like the shirt open and walk around the house like that is very that's very funny Uh that does seem like something rin would do dirtbag rin moments you you know know, ben we all know that rin fails at the things that matter the most including hiding her titties from shiro i guess it's not a very horny CG. No. Uh, but the fact that the buttons are undone is... The buttons are undone enough to make uh, Shiro the horniest he has been to date. I think that Shiro would be exactly as horny if she was wearing a parka and sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
this is this is the part of Shiro that is like, oh, he is an Aroge protagonist uh-huh. because it's like, yeah. Sometimes I look at someone who's sleeping and I'm like, oh, cute. Uh-huh. I don't look at them and go like, I'm the horniest I've ever been in my entire life. Cat pajamas. The cat pajamas are cute. Saber's a cat. Rin's a cat. Tiger's a cat. What's Sakura? <sighs> a cat. Is Sakura a cat? Uh, she's a cherry blossom. <laughs> uh, what's Ilya? Hmm cat bear i mean like polar bear is the answer i want but that is because in in fate grand order uh-huh the only the only ilia in fate grand order there are no uh, other ilias in fate grand order certainly not any magical girl ilias no i could see sakura being one of those like uh medium-sized dogs with a like a thing on a little vest on it that says nervous do not approach Oh, that would be really cute. Okay. So Shiro is going hog wild. And he's like, I gotta get out of here before she kills me. She will actually kill me. Uh Uh-huh. And also, I'm gonna get so horned up I can only think of her as a future wife and not a fighter. (sighs) He gets out. And then we get the, like, him meeting up with Saber. And Mm -hmm. Saber being glad he's feeling better. Mm -hmm. Uh... (laughs) It is it is very funny when Rin kind of ghosts out and he's like, yo, it's a morning with potatoes and onions, Tosaka. <laughs> That's a very funny line. Everyone uh, looks uh, stunned at him. Yeah. She interrupts his cooking and is like, hey, we got places to be. And he's like, we what? Oh, right. Real quick. If you don't peek on her, it just... Shiro's like, hmm, I shouldn't peek on her. Yeah. Goes back immediately, uh, and you get to the same scene. Yeah, yeah, I figured that that was a real. Um. Right, yeah, so he's like, what? Oh, yeah, He's he talks about her being in her, like, normal clothes, being, like, really exciting. This um, is, once again, I would like to say that her normal outfit is cute, but, like, at this point, we've seen her more in her normal outfit than we have in her, um... Yeah. I miss her cool jacket, but... Yeah. Um, it is very funny that uh, Shiro just thinks of her as red and bushy. <laughs> that's Rin, yeah. But that feels like the thing that you write down for the character as like, okay, character notes. Uh, red, pushy, um, makes Chinese food good. Doesn't Blue, know how to make reserved. miso soup, apparently? Oh, yeah, because she only cooks Chinese food. Yeah. Uh-huh. Which is in- interesting. Weird. Why? Why I, is she associated with Chinese food? I assume because it's like stir fries are very fast. I guess, but she's... I don't know. Yeah. Oh, is that why Sakura makes Western food really well? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, because the Tosakas and the Maotos are both transplants. Oh, I forgot that the Tosakas were also transplants. Yes, because there's a bit where they talk about the how the Mato, the Tosakas like really took to the land and right. the Maotos yeah. didn't, and that's yeah. why they've atrophied. Mm-hmm. Tosakas could be transplants from within Japan, but they, they live in the foreigner section in a Western-style house. I guess, right. is the yeah, thing. you know uh-huh. what I mean. That would make sense that Tosakas are originally from China. Uh-huh. Uh, Why a Western-style house, then? Because that's what was there to, like... I guess. Buy, I guess. 
because Nasu only knows of two styles of house, Western and Japanese. Yes, 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 that's, that's, that's a thing. So, why is Rin rushing him to go out? Where are they going? What is, what's happening? Date, 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 date. <laughs> We're getting another uh, late route date, okay. This one, way better than... Uh-huh, way but, smoother. You know yeah, I mean? uh, I like it way more. Possibly because a lot of it is just callbacks to previous games. That That's very. It's way more fun. I think that its place in the story is less. Because I guess the 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 thing with the date with Saber is that it really is like you you see that oh they're gonna go on a date. It's gonna be this cute fan servicey thing, and like some it is a little bit, but mostly it's about them having a complete breakdown of ideals. Yeah. Whereas this is mostly just like them having a nice day together before things get worse. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, I do. I do like the like. No, we're going on a date. You're gonna take me on a date. We're gonna have a date. Also, Saber's coming. Uh-huh. Don't ask too many questions about that. Yeah, it is very funny that Rin is like, uh, okay, so I made lunch for Saber too. Yeah, um, yeah, it is very funny that Rin is like, okay, I have made plans. I know what all of your uh your objections are going to be. Uh-huh. You're not getting out of this one. Rin's out here living her best bisexual life. Yes. <laughs> Going on a double date with these two. Uh-huh. Then you could argue that this is a Rin Saber date where Shiro happens to be there. <laughs> she does really like go after Saber here while Shiro watches grumpily. Uh-huh. Um <laughs> there's a good they like end up like having ice cream together. They're like picking out a Sundays or something like that. And Rin says something about how he needs to eat uh, ice cream to recover his HP. Uh-huh. And he's like, how would she even know that? She doesn't play video games. <laughs> Maybe Rin games. Yeah. Uh, Saber uh, bashfully admits that she likes sweets enough that she <laughs> used alchemy to like create sweets during long marches. That's really during her, the wars. She had her alchemists or magicians like secretly prepare her stuff uh-huh. like, that she would munch on when when Merlin other people were watching box of donuts, and she's like, "What are these?" He's like, "Don't worry about it." <laughs> <laughs> Merlin's like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm using magic to create treats for you. I'm definitely not time traveling to go get some donuts from Dunkin' Donuts and bringing them to you." Um, the, there is a bit that I do like in this early portion yeah. where um Saber's like. I think that this mango slend or this uh this mango parfait would be would suit you very well. And she was like, "You just you, you just wanna want to try it?" Oh. <laughs> She's like, "Yes, maybe." Uh, and then he's like, "Well, actually, I th- I think that this cake might suit you better." <laughs> uh-huh. Uh Shiro does some opining about what a cute couple Saber and Rin are. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Rin is like, I've planned this out down to the second. You're not getting away from this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what she's planned is dragging Saber to a bunch of clothing stores and making her try on cute clothes. <laughs> Including Ben. Cute hats. Cute hats. Just, I wish that we got a bunch of, this is where I would accept fewer sprites in other places mm-hmm. if we got a bunch of, like, saber in different outfits Mm, that would be fun they try on a bunch of accessories they go to a glasses store store. we were robbed robbed. saber 
It's so unfair that like tomorrow we get glasses Rin. Uh-huh. And we were robbed of glasses saber. Yeah. It's so rude. I do this bit uh there's a bit where Rin teases Shiro because when he tried on glasses, he looked like a nerdy rich kid. Which, uh-huh. uh, uh made me go like, yeah, if he dyed his hair black, he would look exactly like the way Shiki is drawn. Huh? Uh-huh. This is uh Takeuchi, you may we can make a lot of jokes about Takeuchi drawing girls with the same with similar faces, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? But he really he's only got like three or four. He's got like protagonist boy. He's got uh, <laughs> Nero Chaos and Saber. a few other things, yeah. Um, yeah, this is the this is the moment when I was like, or uh, uh, actually in a bit, but um, Ben saying this bit, I was like, oh, all of this day is is a bunch of references to um, mostly like Plus Disc and Kigetsu Toya. Yeah, yeah. Of like, oh, the cafe is is just a retread or like a it is. I guess similar enough to the scene from Plus Disc of like, mm-hmm. oh, the girls are hungry and they're going to order a, pl- a table full yeah, of yeah. sweets. And then, uh, oh, right, know. Shiro kind of looks like Shiki. Uh-huh. And then, hey, Rin. I mean, Ben. Yeah. Rin, I, made, Rin again? Rin made lunch. Wait, 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 wait. Oh. You're skipping over. Oh. You're skipping over a bunch of stuff, actually. I thought lunch was next. No, no, no. No. Okay. A few things happened. First of all, uh, Shiro complains about not being as tall as he wants to be. He says mm-hmm. his average height, and uh, Rin's like, oh, don't worry, you'll get taller. And he's like, how do you know that? And she gets really suspicious and <laughs> says something about how he, if he gets enough nutrition, maybe he'll get taller from photosynthesis. Rin is, Rin is so bad at lying. But I do love that the only thing that she could come up with on the spot was like, photosynthesis. you look like you, you could photosynthesize. <laughs> It's his colorful hair, you know? He looks like a tropical plant. Uh-huh. She then goes on to say that she can't make any promises about his height, but she knows that he's going to grow up to be a great guy. She guarantees it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Weird that she literally seconds ago just said, I know that you're going to be taller. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's like, you're teasing me. And she's like, well, it's very fun to tease you. Anyway, let's go to the batting cages. This sprite of, like, batter Rin is incredible. It's so good. There's a great bit where uh, Shiro is like, why Why do you want to go batting? And then he like visualizes her on a baseball team. He's like, damn it, she looks so reliable. <laughs> Rin says something about wanting to go to an aquarium, but she says something about like penguins fighting other aquatic creatures <laughs> at the aquarium. Uh, and Saber's like, no, 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 let's do this batting, whatever it is. Saber lost, it seems. Yeah, or- it seems like she made them play a lot of games while because she was mad that she couldn't win. And this makes sense to me. Saber's not a ranged attacker. No. The only think, ra- the ranged attack she has is Excalibur, and it kills, it destroys everything. It would devastate the entire, you know what I mean? She can't do uh-huh. precision hits. Well, Ben, then we do find out that her win condition was winning by 20 points yes. or something. <laughs> Which is like, oh, yeah, she might be a little better, but she's not better enough to like... We did get also, though, that she w- when she's not using magical energy, she's weaker than Rin or Shiro. <sighs> this is just... I hate that. This is directly contradicted by uh, the Fate Route, which mm-hmm. repeatedly calls her muscular. Yeah, that's true. Well, uh, two things about that. First of all, we have precedent in the magical energy equals strength thing with Arcoid being weaker than Shiki. 
Yes. Uh, and stuff like that, which makes no sense to me. She's not even human. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the other thing is, actually, Rin is just strong. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, like, Saber could be lightly muscled, but Rin should be more muscular is the, is the thing. Uh-huh. Give me Rin with a six-pack. So, uh, Shiro asks Rin, like, oh, do you, like work out or something yeah what do you what do you do in push-ups before bed every night and she's like yeah what of it i'm putting it on a marker because i need to insert the incredible voice <laughs> line <laughs> of sure going yeah nice shiro also wants to see buff rin yeah give me honestly give me buff rin and buff saber <laughs> shiro show off his, those muscles his massive muscular girlfriends <laughs> Okay. Now it's lunch. Now Rin, Rin, eh, Rin made lunch. We, we, you skipped over some very important things there. Yeah, no, I, I was not saying that those weren't important. I just, for some reason, thought that those came after lunch. Um, this is, this is the thing that crystallized, like, oh, this is, this is, uh, full of callbacks to, um... Tsukihime. Tsukihime. Um... So, as it turns out, or specifically Katsutoya, uh-huh. uh, Rin made sandwiches. And she used, Shiro says, like, oh, I just thought you ate the whole loaf of bread in a fit in the middle of the night. And she's like, I'm, I'm going to murder kill you. you. I love the smile they use for, you're uh-huh. about to die. Yep. Um, the C, the, I called it a CE here. <laughs> the CG is also cute of her uh-huh. with the bento. It also is very reminiscent of a Hisui CG from Kigatsutoya. Yeah, which uh, Rin then proceeds to say that, uh, what, if uh, not being able to make sandwiches is like a curse or... It's a, being able to make a bad sandwich is a, is a like incredible skill that she is glad she doesn't have. Yes. Shout outs to Hisui and her wet red plum sandwiches <laughs> oh there's i like cgs with variations in this game because mm-hmm. like we get rin like with the bento we get rin like eating a sandwich we get her blushing uh-huh yeah there's a really a cute bit of shiro being like oh are you you worried about me and we get rin uh bright red uh-huh. <laughs> like no uh after this though the weather is starting to get bad and they're going to have to head home a little earlier than rin was hoping oh yeah good date though yeah fun one uh they take the bus back into their part of town rin's like did you have fun and shiro's like very non-committal about it because he doesn't admit that he has fun ever and she yeah. gets mad at him and like storms off mm-hmm. towards his house she doesn't go home mm-hmm what happens when they arrive at Shiro's house? Uh, the bounded field's gone. That's probably not yeah. good. That, that one last thing that Kiritsugu left him, gone. <laughs> that handmade thing to protect Shiro in his absence, gone. Oh. Unceremonious. Yeah. Rin's like, fuck, it looks like we got attacked. It's a good thing we were not here. And um, Shiro and Saber are like, Taiga was. <laughs> yep. Go running in. We got a CG of Caster uh, holding Taiga hostage. This is like, yeah, this is like a, a pulpy romance cover of like Caster as, you know, a buff man, like uh-huh. holding a woman who's like fainted into his arms. And uh, <laughs> this, uh, 
pulp cover I saw the other day, the title was like, Once I was a boy, but now I'm a les- full-grown lesbian. <laughs> oh. So, Shiro sa- Shiro's like dialogue is really choppy here because like a lot of it is blocked out, including Taiga's name for some reason. And also, it seems like he's ready to attack Rin if she makes a move and gets Taiga hurt. Yeah. It's like, I'm not sure why this is so choppy. Eh. I mean, I guess the thing is he can't admit what is actually happening. I like, guess. But I don't it know. It just feels like a weird place to pull that out, you know? Yeah. Uh-huh. Nasu does fun stuff with text sometimes, but this is just, like, kind of confusing and doesn't really match the severity of the scene to me, I guess. Yeah. Maybe it's just because I'm not super attached to Taiga, but... Mm-hmm. So... Caster has some interest in Shiro and his unique projection abilities. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is. She admits that Kuzuki doesn't know she's here, and she's not like working on his command right now. Uh, it's always a surprise to me when I remember that Kuzuki is the boss of her. Yeah. I'm always like, what? What are you talking about? But this is this is my unlimited Blade Works anime uh, bias slipping in. I think. So, here's the deal. She wants Rin or she wants Saber and Shiro to join her. If Saber joins, she can shoot off Excaliburs all day and never get tired because of the magical energy cool. she's draining from the town. We saw how powerful Excalibur was last round. Yeah, it would take like one or two full-powered Excaliburs to kill Berserker. Yeah. Maybe just the one. <laughs> um Although Excalibur is weaker than Caliburn in attack power, so maybe not. Yeah. Because it was Caliburn that killed, or that got Berserk. It was Caliburn the sword, uh-huh. but... They used a big beam attack. Did they? Yeah, there was a beam. Because oh. it blew up in the forest and everything. Oh, uh, yeah. Anyway. And she wants Shiro to be her partner. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm sure in a normal way. Yep. It's normal for girls, Ben, to... Want to put Shiro's in jars. Uh, you're so interesting, Shiro. I just want to put you in formaldehyde. <laughs> uh, Shiro refuses the offer. He doesn't. He says he doesn't care about winning the Grail. Caster's like, I could win the Grail like right now if I want to, but I want you two to help me. Basically, mm-hmm. he's like, I don't care about the Grail. I just want to stop people like you. She's like, Oh, you're just whining because you know that the, you're a victim of the Grail last time, and you're you're mad about it. Mm. Uh, he's he's shaken by this, and she starts monologuing about his past and stuff like that. She's doing the Kotamine thing from last time of I can summon the Grail without killing all the servants. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kotamine. It was because he had an extra servant. Yeah. Who could die, I guess, for the Grail, but... Yeah, yeah. Caster's... Yeah, Kotamine knows this from experience. Caster knows from research is another yeah. difference. Yeah. She's Caster, after all. Well, as we find out, actually, I think she's assuming more so than actually knowing, but, you know. She seems confident in the moment. Yeah. Um, Saber is wavering. Rin doesn't see a way out. We get a choice to refuse or obey. What do you think? I'm sure it's it's fine if we obey Caster. Yeah, obey is certainly a good way to... Yeah, I'm sure. The rest of it is just 
Caster being our boss now, and uh, the rest of the game goes easy because mm-hmm. she's telling us what to do, and it's all fine. Yeah, that's kind of what happens. <laughs> yeah, we kind of we get a like. Well, it's a bad get everyone. Let, let's just say that first. This is a Tiger Dojo twenty. <laughs> it leads to. Uh, we get everyone kind of like horrified. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shiro nods. Everyone's like, uh, we we can't. I don't have a place to say anything. Neg- like, we don't have a way out of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rin, again, way too nice for her own good. Yeah. She should shoot Caster with a gem or something. Uh-huh. Um, Shiro asks for one favor in exchange for agreeing. Uh, leave Rin alone. Yep. Let her go. He says until she gets to her house, which seems a very limited thing to ask for, <laughs> but I think it, generally he means, like, will you cut Rin some slack? Yeah. And I think the, the thing there is, like, a, presumably her house has something set up to protect her like she did just say that it's a it has at like least a, she'll have archer back yeah she'll have archer she has some limited bounded fields and mm-hmm. stuff and like caster laughs at him and rin's like don't fucking laugh at him and she's she says this interesting line where she's like uh that's right he's sacrificing himself for you so you're the only one who could laugh at him mm-hmm. she bids farewell and says that they will be enemies next they meet to um uh, Shiro and then Castor reaches out her hand and uh, we cut to Shiro in like a mindless haze basically yeah. this is this is a fun bad end this is an interesting like bit. yeah uh, I w- we always with these interesting bad ends I wish they were a little more had a little more room to breathe but yeah. they are fun Shiro is in a haze he has no idea how long it's been but it's been some time and they have already won the holy grail war yeah we see a sepia-toned saber sprite, and she immediately looks away. Uh-huh. He says that she won't look at his face and says, I'm sorry, every time she sees him. Uh-huh. Uh, Caster comes up and thanks him for his help and says that she can grant him any wish he wants, even if it's like a copy of Saber or Rin for him to play with, I guess. Mm-hmm. He has no wishes. He's got nothing. Mm-hmm. Then Rin arrives. Real Rin. She finally uh-huh. found him. Uh, Shira realizes that he's floating in like water or something. He's in a jar. Uh, uh-huh. We find out later that he's been de- like dismembered. Yeah, and he's just kind of like a torso floating in a jar. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And Rin smashes the glass and kills him. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. To let him this, free. Yeah. Uh. And, well, right before that, she says, "Castor was right. You were turned into that to let me go, so I'm the only one who can laugh at you." Mm-hmm. Which is a great ending. Yeah. Of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's a dead end, and we're on to Tiger Dojo. Tiger Dojo Twenty, which is canceled. <laughs> Tiger Dojo can- is canceled. Uh, Rin's friend who really wants to eat lunch with her, Yukika. Yep. Uh, is one. here. What? The gay one. The gay one. Uh, is here to announce that the instructor has been kidnapped, and so the dojo is canceled. Please look forward to the new series, Magical Fujine, Magical Tiger. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Or, I think, I think it is like Maho Fujine, Magical Tiger, um, and then it ends. Uh-huh. It's like literally three screens of, or like three little dialogue boxes <laughs> of text or something. In this episode, are going to start getting way less attached to the game. Yep. <laughs> End of Tiger Dojo. We're going to refuse Caster, of course. Yeah. How long has this been, by the way? We're at 216. We spent like an hour or something on 
It was good. <laughs> I'm really... I'm just glad that you enjoyed it. Like, oh yeah, if, I think it's fantastic. It it hurts. It every hurts ounce of my like, body. Yeah, uh, and soul and everything I stand for. But <laughs> Shiro is like, okay, Caster, you're you've done too much fucked shit already. I'm I'm not working with you. And also, he's like, Kiritsugu didn't force anything on me. I chose to be a mage. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's definitely how that went. That definitely is how it went. <laughs> Uh, Kiritsugu definitely tried not to force anything on him. Yeah, but I mean, it's the, like... It's that thing You can't again. help but look up to... Well, doubly, you can't help but look up to your parents when you're young. Uh-huh. And also, Kiritsugu is literally the person who saved him from death. Uh-huh. Like... A child is, like, a really overripe fruit, and you can't help but leave fingerprints in it when you handle it. Uh-huh. Rin and Saber prepare to attack, but Shiro, very indecisive, uh... Like t- tells them not to. His his deal is he's going to trade his command spell for Taiga. Mm-hmm. He's going to trade Saber for Taiga. Yeah. Which this, is an interesting uh, thing. This is his last command spell. Mm-hmm. This is also, real quick, this scene would work way better if we'd gotten... We do we did get a decent amount of Taiga this route, mm-hmm. but it still feels like she's primarily the comedy relief character. Yeah. And we don't really get a lot of Shiro, like, actually caring about her. Yeah. And then this scene shows up and it's like, oh, no, actually, she is his sister. Mm-hmm. But we're mostly supposed to take that on faith. Yeah. And, like, we haven't actually seen very much of that. There's, I have a thought that um, the, like, goofy music that plays whenever something sil- slightly silly happens is uh, actively poisoning me to the like fu- the fun funny scenes mm-hmm. because it's like I- i'm immediately transported to kagetsu toya's like annoying hu- sense of humor uh-huh. and i'm just like just let it be a joke without it being like oh we're in a comedy manga now <laughs> you yeah. know what i mean uh-huh. or a comedy anime also, I don't. I really don't understand the mechanics of how Caster is working here because she has a dagger that if she stabs a uh, saber or Shiro with, she will get three command spells. But she yeah. wants to chop his arm off instead. I really don't understand this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like there is a version of this which is, oh, actually Shiro is like setting up a trap. Uh-huh. But that is absolutely not what he's doing. He really just means, like, here, take my command spell. and Uh-huh. I yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, it's like, just use Rule Breaker. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just, it's what, it does arbitrarily give you whatever you want. So, you might as well use it. She uh, agrees to let Taiga go in exchange for the command spells. Uh, and then, yeah, yeah. It's like, she says, oh, I'm going to take your arm. And then she swings at his heart with Rule Breaker, and then <laughs> Saber attacks, and she stabs Saber instead. The CG mm-hmm. is very good. Yeah, the, it's like, great CG. Saber looks so surprised, looking down at the dagger in her heart. Uh-huh. Like, you can see the shadow of the dagger, and also its reflection off of her armor. You and, know what I mean? Yeah. It's very good. Well drawn. This is... Really, there's no blood because of how rule breaker works. Is that this is the beginning of this route for me, at least, going off the rails in terms of uh, things sequentially making sense. And it feels much more like we need to get somewhere. Mm -hmm. So, some stuff happens. (laughs) 
It's very weird. Everything around Castor is very weird and not 100% baked, I yes. think. Including and not limited to... Um, so, it's called Rule Breaker. Yes. The description that is in the game of her weapon says that it uh, breaks all bonds. Yes. And I think, the, or the the NP description says that it return like it returns magical things to a state prior to their creation. Uh huh. But uh-huh. what that actually means is that if you stab a servant with it, you get, you get three command spells and a contract with them. Yes. Which I doesn't guess. make any sense. Yeah. Well, which is like, if the NP had had been written differently. Mm-hmm. That would make sense, but it it what she describes it as is something that like removes contracts, mm-hmm. but actually what she means is it gives her a contract. Yeah. Uh huh. I guess I kind of. I guess the it's de- being able to destroy magic uh, is also how she um, destroyed the bounded field so easily. I guess. Yeah. Uh, but also, she's just way more powerful I mage know. than. I guess the th- the way that I've read it is how, and also this is I think informed by how the anime think sold it to me was that she uses it. It can end any contract, uh, including servant contracts, and I kind of thought including broader contracts. Maybe, can she stab a piece of paper and <laughs> <laughs> and get out of a housing deal? Um, she needs to find the uh, the death point of the, the paper and. She, what it really is, she needs to find the guy who owns the debt and yeah. stab him with it. And then she uses her magic to force a contract. But I don't know where the command spells are coming from still. Yeah. That's that is the, the thing part. is that, like, command spells are crystallization of sorcery. Yeah. Which is like, yeah, Caster can do stuff near sorcery, but I don't think that she's powerful she, enough to just make out of thin air three three like miracles Uh uh-huh i don't think that we've seen her be able to do that yeah it's like she is from the age of gods but i don't know yeah oh but again uh, like notably shiro uses his last command spell here to stop saber from attacking caster in case taika gets hurt and that's why she gets stabbed yeah so shiro has no command spells even before rule breaker activates yeah which is like I would believe that the other command, yeah, yes. the command spells is very much like oh we need a reason why Saber doesn't just kill Caster. Command spells in like, I th- like also she doesn't have command spells for Ko- for Kojiro. Yeah, um, <laughs> who she summons legitimately. I would believe that Caster could like take time and like actually cast a proper spell and make herself command spells. That is something that seems capable. It again, it doesn't nothing nothing in the game uh uh like makes sense with rule breaker giving her a proper like holy grail blessed contract with Mm -hmm. a servant well the holy grail supports their marriage and (laughs) it is called rule breaker so it makes sense that it just does whatever it wants i guess but like again, it's the it's the bit where it says like nullifies contracts yeah. and 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 returns stuff to before it was before its creation uh-huh. is I don't know grumble 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 grumble. It, oh right, I do have a note written down here t- that says if anything, it should give Gil the servant's contract, not her, because Gil owns everything. So 
Okay. Fun fact. Uh, Saber's uh, contra, uh, like status page updates with Castro as her new master after that. Oh, that's very funny. <laughs> uh, Shiro has no servant and no command spells anymore and is no longer a master. Uh, Castro could kill them here easily, but decides to like just throw him taiga. It's like, get my way again. You know how it's going to go. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, she says that she's going to let Shiro go and is like, uh, Saber, kill Rin. And uses a command spell on her. Mm-hmm. Oh, and she says to kill Shiro if he gets in the way. Shiro immediately gets in the way and gets stabbed in the shoulder. This is also, again, we... Yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Command spells don't work the way... Uh, Caster's command spells don't work the way that other command spells are depicted as working. Mm-hmm. Like, the... the um. I always assumed when you gave an order... If it didn't, if the servant resisted it, they could resist it and it would stop working eventually. You yes. know what I mean? For like an immediate order. Yeah. I guess that's not how archers, like permanent debuff works. No. But, but uh, it was said in a way, I guess kill Rin is a broad enough command. I guess. But but then what, but it, what Archer said was, and that would have very little effect on you. It would like, be, it it would be, be like for... if you were working against it. It would it would have some effect, but it's not a like order that corrupts you utterly over time. Yeah, especially since Caster's immediate response is, "Oh shit, Saber's magical resistance is so high that she's resisting the command spell." In which yeah. case, why doesn't she? If she can do that, just take a spin, <laughs> take Caster's head off. Yeah, but no, all she can manage to do is say, "Get out of here, Shiro," uh, while crying. Uh huh. Um. Shiro, uh, with a hole in his arm, uh, runs away, ca- also carrying Taiga, and uh, Rin also goes with them. I'm sorry, everyone who did enjoy this route, and the past two episodes have just been the two of us, like, complaining about it. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed us being really positive in the first hour of this episode. <laughs> they make it to Rin's mansion. Shiro's doing bad. Uh, he's lost his healing power. Mm-hmm. I'm not. Uh, this is another thing. that's like really. So I thought I thought Avalon uh, Avalon did work without Shira without Saber being around, and also part of why it activated was because Saber was in the world. Yeah, but I guess Shiro's magic circuits are so fucked up that he can't feed magic into it at yeah. all without her help. My, but also, magic wasn't coming from her though. But it was like flowing through him enough, I guess. Yes. Um, um it's it's another like. A lot of the back half of this route feels like it's convenient that things work this way, so... Um, Archer has Rin... Or Shiro has Archer... Rin has Archer. Bring Shiro to her room. And she says something about how she can't really heal him properly, but he's not a master anymore, so he doesn't have to fight. She Uh drugs him. He falls asleep. And we get... Interlude... Interlude one eleven one unlimited blade works. There's a lot of interludes for the rest of this yeah. episode. A uh-huh. lot. Uh huh. They're interesting. In, yeah. Uh huh. I'm pro interlude. I'm pro interlude, but I also feel like they're a little bit of a a, a crutch again. Where at a certain point, it's just like, oh yeah, Rin's just doing her own thing, and there's they don't have any screen time together, <laughs> or yeah. they have very rare screen time together, and Which so is- their relationship feels rushed. Again, this is like 
I would take I would take Rin and him not being in the same room to him sitting there yelling at Saber for be not acting like a girl any day, but so we get Rin talking to Archer, being uh, t- telling him what happened. Uh, she, she like baits him into a little like uh, argument uh, mm-hmm. in order to get him to start acting normal again. Um, she accuses him of being someone from Saber's time period and knowing Saber. Well, she says it knowingly, almost as if uh-huh. like testing. Yeah, she's like, "Do you remember who you are yet?" Mm-hmm. Um. Well, yeah, and then is like. So you know Saber, but she doesn't know you. Were you from her time period? Uh huh. He says he doesn't remember who he is, but he says he remembers Saber, whether or not she remembers him. Uh, and she's like, I guess you weren't friends or lovers because you probably would have no- figured it out earlier than this. And it would make it easier to figure out who you are. Uh, anyway, she comments about Shiro not having his healing powers anymore. Taiga is still sleeping. Archer's worried that uh, Taiga will never wake up until they kill Caster. Because Rin's like, yeah, it was just a sleeping spell. And he's like, I think she can only cast curses, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> That's unfortunate. Um, Archer's like, if Caster fully gets control of Saber, we're fucked. Mm-hmm. So is, we we have seen how powerful Saber's NP is. I, yeah, Archer's correct. He's here. like she, she'll no longer be held back by Shiro, so uh-huh. she will be far, like far and away the strongest servant besides maybe Hercules. Uh huh. Heracles. Heracles. Hercules. Heracles. Mm-hmm. Same guy. Same guy. Anyway, Archer's like so. Now that Shiro's not a master, we're no longer in a like packed with him right so your command spell to not kill him kind of doesn't have any effect anymore right and the only reason he would ask this is if you wanted to go kill shiro in the next room and <laughs> yeah. it's like no we're still working together until shiro Bad says dog. we're breaking it off also caster hasn't gone back to the temple for some reason so mm. rin's like we gotta we gotta track her down there is i do like rin does give an inch here where she's like I am going to make uh, Shiro want to give up as much as I can, mm-hmm. but until he, he says with his own words that he's giving up, we're... Rin is too rulesy sometimes. Yeah. She's so... Just say that the vibes are wrong, girl. You know, you don't have to trap yourself in a double bind, triple contract that you were the one who worded in order to catch yourself. You know what I uh-huh. mean? Like, just say, like, no, I'm not giving up on him yet. Uh-huh. Sure, wakes out. up. Yeah. And he's in bad shape. <laughs> yeah, how's he doing? Uh, he manages to crawl out of bed and then immediately tips over Rin's dresser. <laughs> What's he find on that dresser, Fan? Ah, uh-huh. he finds the pendant that he found on himself after he was killed by Lancer and then resurrected. Huh. He has a big realization here. What is that? Uh, Rin is the one who saved his life, and so he owes her a lot, actually. Uh-huh. Um, is there anything else that he's noticed? Any other kind of inconsistency? Uh, not yet. No, not at all? <laughs> okay, great. It is unclear if he doesn't realize now, or if it's just that... He like, says later that he doesn't... He later, says but... later that he does not get it. Yeah. Um, he wanders around the town, making his injury worse. And finds her on the tallest building in Shinto. Yep. Where she was uh, on day two or three, whatever, where he spotted her. 
Yeah, where so, last route, uh, Saber and Ryder fought. Yes. Um, it's a great, it's a great like background. Yeah, I really like this background. Um, uh, the CG of her uh, leaping off the building after telling him to give it up yeah. uh, is very good. Uh huh. Um, Rin says, uh, a little surprised that he's here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the translation says people normally die when they're killed. Um, the original Japanese is closer to if humans are stabbed, they die. That's true. That's very true. Uh, which makes way more sense than people die when they're killed. Yeah. But, uh, it is still very funny. She leaps off the roof with Archer to catch her when she falls. It's, yeah, great CG. Because we get, uh, we get Rin just falling and then uh there's a variation of it where archer fades in uh-huh. <laughs> and is like catching her and she was like ah damn she will be able to land fine if he catches her huh uh-huh. oh well the hot older boy stealing his girl right in front of him mm-hmm. interlude 11-2 unlimited blade works where are we now we're at the temple we're uh, in the narr- narratorial perspective watching our uh, assassin. Assassin says that assa- it ponders how assassin has already managed to repel pretty much every servant besides Caster, <laughs> at least once. That seems unlikely. He got he, he apparently fought off Saber, Archer, Ryder, Lancer, and Berserker. I don't believe this. Berserker would just smush him, right? Like, or just walk past him while he, like, whacked yeah. him with his sword. Is, I guess, is his attack, his, like, fake noble phantasm, like, A-plus rank? Even then, Ben, uh-huh. the bit about the fight with Saber was that he was able to redirect her sword. He could never, like, take it on the chin because it would just break his sword. But he doesn't have to do that with Berserker because Berserker just swings. He gets out of the way and then chops Berserker's head off. Okay, I guess. This, it I is a little know. silly, yeah. It does feel a little silly. Like, really? Berserker? This guy? This guy was able to push back Berserker? Berserker? Berserker who could just walk past him? Yeah, this seems unlikely. This, If this is true, this is the most narratorial like convenience. Maybe Ilya was at risk and not Berserker. Maybe... I'm still... Anyway, Caster's uh, yelling at him. Uh-huh. Uh, he says something about cutting down a bird made of crystal. Mm-hmm. Um, like a little owl. And Caster's like, oh, yeah, that must be Rin because it's made of crystal. Mm-hmm. Uh, she says that she would love to have taken Rin on as a student if Rin was less talented. <laughs> I, w- I would simply love to see, like, Rin making little crystal birds and sending them out and spying with them. That'd be very cool if we saw any of that, yeah. She tell Kazuki's staying here, or mm-hmm. she hasn't told Kazuki that she left, so he's going to presumably be in the temple, and says to Assassin to keep him alive with all he's got, because mm-hmm. they're both going to die if, or disappear if he dies. Kojiro makes some uh, jokes, uh, and then it's like, well, I got, I got a date with Saber later, so I am going to stick around. Caster promises to make him a real boy if he does his job well, as in, not just make him alive, not just, like bring him to life again but to actually forcibly inscribe him onto the throne of heroes as a real person fascinating it's interesting that she will have that capability yeah. or claims that she will uh-huh. uh 
he makes a joke about uh, her doing this behind uh, Kuzuki's back, and she makes his ribs explode a little bit. <laughs> Just I guess. a little. Just a little. Uh, Kojiro can have little a rib explosion as a treat. Uh, Caster's relocating. She's going to pick up the grail. Yep. And Kojiro makes a weird comment about how this will all be over in five days. He's correct. Day 16 is the last I, day. Yeah, but why does he know that? Yeah. Cut back to Shiro going home and collapsing into bed. Um, he's thinks about the fire some more. He's like, um, basically, his plan here is I'm going to fall asleep and sleep really hard and be healed in the morning mm-hmm. through sheer force of will. And then I'll show Rin that I can fight. Boys love to do this. Yeah. Boys would literally rather sleep through the night to heal a stab wound in their shoulder than go to the emergency room. There is actually no hospitals in this town at all. Um, they just don't exist. Where was Tyga going to check on the students? Though? Next town over. That's why she was gone so long. Oh, that was a really fast response. <laughs> Next day. Next day. February 11th, 12, Moonlight 2. Uh, and Moonlight, it's interlude immediately. Moonlight 1, real quick, yeah. is uh, day 14 of the Fate Route. So weird that we're getting Moonlight 2 here. That's fun. I like that. Yeah. Back into another interlude. We're in a church basement. Not the not the Corpse Kids room, the like, actual altar place. That's one room over from the Corpse Kids mm-hmm. room. Uh what the fuck is happening here? I'm hearing some sizzling noises, and I just saw garter belt. Um, Caster uh, offed Kotamine, apparently. Yeah. Uh, later, uh, doubt is thrown on that uh, assertion. She doesn't mention a Lancer at all, so I assume she didn't even know that Kotamine was involved with Lancer. Yeah. Um, Caster is like, this place sucks. Kotamine yep. was a big, big wuss. Uh, Saber's here, though, and... What's happening? Saber is in a wedding dress. Kind of, yeah. A, a... She's got her hair done. A white dress that is, uh, reminiscent of a wedding dress. Uh-huh. Um, the command spell that Caster used yesterday is still working its way through Saber somehow. Um... It's like grinding down her will or something. Yeah. Okay. There's there's two things happening. Saber is getting horny hentai mind broken. Yeah. Is what's happening in this scene. Yes. She's she's in this dress. She's like uh, bent over, being strung up by like magic, with her ass out, and the uh, skirt is pulled up. Yeah. Uh huh. We are we are in a do like a dojinshi right now. <laughs> we yes. are we are here. This is porn is happening. This is the setup for uh, at least a million, mm-hmm. uh, probably mostly bad mm-hmm. dojins. Yeah, uh, it's a very it's a very horny CG. Yeah, and this this scene is okay. So two things are happening. S- the command spell will eventually uh, just make Saber do what Caster wants, no matter what. Which is not how command spells have worked to date, but no. whatever. 
but guess. also Caster's using her magic to make Saber so horny that Saber will eventually just do what she says uh, in order to get more pleasure. Uh-huh. Which uh-huh. feels separate, separate issue from the whole, uh, I need an obedient servant in this war. Yeah, this is so out of left field. Okay, so this scene is basic. Basically, we're reading Caster's thoughts as she, like, luxuriates in uh, doing kinky things to save her. Yes. Uh-huh. This is this scene is why we read uh, Kitakawa. This is or this... why we put it here. Yeah. yeah. Um. Because I was like, okay, this is not a great scene. There are this, some uh, moments or like individual lines that are pretty good, but as a scene as a whole, it's not great. I would love to have an example of like kink done well mm-hmm. if you will yeah it's at the beginning of this episode the thing that i i say about this is that i think it feels like nasu has more fun writing uh kink scenes than he does ha- writing actual sex yes because when characters are having sex they're so tied up in weird shame and like gender shit you yeah. know what i mean and like talking about how ugly dicks are that it's like really just painful to get through and this is just caster being like oh i'm having a great time saber's like hot this, i'm i'm everything's going great for me in this moment moments away from this page that it's I'm a, very that joyous I'm in a way that sex isn't in nasu writing yeah i i have a page here that i would love to read because it is like yeah in in 30 seconds or whatever a lot of things happen that recontextualize the scene in some not great ways but like the groaning sounds of pain come from a girl. The weak murmur contains heated arousal. The groans would inspire either compassion or sadistic pleasure in those who may hear them. It does not need to be said that she falls under the latter category. Sweat drips down her forehead. Just watching the beautiful lips, gasping in shame, seems to bring heat to this cold room. Mm-hmm. Which is like, yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's like fun. I definitely think we, you and I, our, our bias shows a little bit because if any guy was in charge of this scene, if this was Gil doing this or something like that, we would, no amount of fun writing could save it for us. This is the reason that I brought Kitakawa, uh-huh. not some other, like, perhaps even, like, similarly fine mm-hmm. uh, manga to this, uh, because, like, yeah there is it's different when it's between girls and like Uh i said some of that is a joke but it's also like power play feels different when you're starting on the same footing Mm -hmm. as opposed to like with oh yeah uh it is hard to get away from uh kind of built-in gender shit gender stuff yeah yeah um yeah, we get more horny shit from Caster. This is so part of my problem here is that this comes completely out of left field. Yeah. Caster being a horny lesbian, not in any way hinted at until this moment. So it makes this feel scene feel very superfluous. Like like we only have one sex scene this route, so let's put in a horny saber caster yeah. scene to like uh-huh. titillate you a little bit. Mm-hmm. 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 Very superfluous. Which is the again, is I'm gonna Sorry to keep going back to it, but it is literally the reason that we did it this episode. Is like, the, I don't know that there is, um, yeah. As we've said before, like I, I quite enjoy the the second um, uh, saber shiro sex scene. Yeah, and that that kind of feels superfluous. Uh-huh. But it is also like a warm moment of like the two of them, like kind of 
showing but not being able to say their love for each other. Yeah, it's like um, the scene is fine. Like, Saber being won over to the dark side and all that stuff and it being kind of horny. Yeah, that's fine. But uh, the fact that it's like, it could just be that with the command spell. Yeah. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be Sa- uh, Caster casting uh, erotic magic at Saber. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which is, well, yeah. Just what I want to say is, like, you don't need every, each and every scene to be, like, incredibly purposeful. Yeah, that's true. Um, Which is, like, yeah. And this is an aerobic, but... so, yeah, of course they're going to put in some horny magic shit. You know what I yeah. mean? Uh-huh. But I would so much, this is the thing, is I would so much rather have a scene that is, like, uncomfortably horny. Yeah. Like Kitakawa. That is, like, oh, no, this, this is awful <laughs> than uh, this scene, which is, like, I. This is also uncomfortably horny, but for reasons that are uncomfortable for me, not like for the characters involved. Now, there is a, a way that I could get behind this, and it's Caster being a like hedonist, like oh, I'm having a great time, like evil villain girl, right? Yeah. It, it, like like Gil and Kotamine. Yeah. But like a woman getting to do that. But Ben. Wait a second. Who's coming into the room? <laughs> Uh, oh shit that's kazuki's music yeah kazuki's here yeah uh kazuki comes in uh doesn't really react because he has no feelings emotions or personality to saber being uh horny mind broken in the background and scolds caster for doing shit without his permission um and caster gets all like flustered uh, Mm -hmm. by him and like apologizes yeah um there's yeah. a yeah it's caster so, is like oh i was doing this all for you actually yeah which co- is like so really osama you know what i mean really recontextualizes her enjoyment as like oh yeah this is like fun but it's not like real yeah because i have a husband yeah we're the we're getting married uh-huh. actually yeah this like any anything good i could say about this scene kind of evaporates when it ends immediately for her to be subordinate to, like, some sh- some boring dude. Yes. She's a mean housewife. It is... It is the most, um... Yeah, not every sex scene needs to be, like, you know, fit perfectly uh-huh. or, like, have, have, uh, narrative... Be, like, narratively, um, load-bearing. But this doesn't even feel like that. Uh-huh. It's, like... Oh, yeah. Nothing happens, and then it's it's the act itself isn't even important. Mm-hmm. It is just like, oh yeah, I guess Caster gets to have fun for a little bit for and a then, few minutes until her husband shows up, yeah. and then she's like, ah, oh, yeah, I'm sorry, I was just fucking around. Yeah, yeah. Every time Kazuki comes up, he both reminds me that I really don't like him as a character, a plot device, or anything, mm-hmm. and also makes Caster worse. by like association Uh i'm at the point here then where i'm like you know what i would take a shinji scene over a kazuki scene (laughs) kazuki's lower than shiro for me or shinji for me right now that's fascinating it's so despite how much of a boring character he is the like framing for him constantly hypes him up as some cool dude (laughs) 
Yeah. Like Shinji comes on screen and everyone in the room is like, oh, you're the worst person who's ever existed and we hate you. You know what I mean? And yeah. like his situation is interesting. Kuzuki is not at all interesting. He's like a blank slate wandering around doing cool kung fu moves and like having a woman draped over him. Kazuki is the definition of like a 16 year old boy's idea of like what a cool dude yeah, he's, is like. He's immune. He's immune to horny but women throw themselves at him you know what i mean he can, he can stop a blade with his bare hands uh-huh yeah yeah so i'm i'm kuzuki is rock bottom my least favorite character at this point that makes sense uh-huh. i don't like hate him that much but i just think he's completely superfluous yeah like and i and again not even superfluous i think he makes caster's story significantly worse than it could be yeah by his existence. It is so much more interesting if Caster is it's just like a wild acting servant. on her own. Yeah. yeah. Like, she has... She's at the temple. She could just be gathering souls. Mm-hmm. And, like, keeping herself in the world that way. We get a thing later that explains why she can't do that. But also, she if she needs a master to exist, I don't know why it's a master that she becomes obsessed with, like, serving. Yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. The implication of her just having... Uh, someone that she's using as a battery pack and then is doing her own thing is so much more interesting yeah than her like again like throwing herself at some guy yeah yeah anyway so that's that scene boo 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 if you told me that a saber was gonna get lesbian mind broken in the middle of this game i would normally be like wow sounds fantastic the and there are like four screens of text that are like exactly that and then the entire dynamic of the scene is changed by cheesy but it could be fun at least yeah and then the the entire dynamic is changed by him showing up and Mm. it being like oh this was never it feels like uh yeah his presence means that caster is like oh no actually everything was for you ha 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 Uh and it's just like ugh, why we're free of this interlude now. Good. Shiro is woken up, and he's healed more than he any human reasonably should over one night after being stabbed in, soul, in the shoulder. Yeah. So maybe that tooth is still working a little. He does some basic first aid. He goes to get a wooden sword from the shed, and we get a choice. Should he meet up with Rin, or should he go get some advice from everyone's favorite Kotamine in the church? Let's go to Kotamine. Kotamine is very helpful. This is uh, the most obvious bad end in the world. You know what I mean? Because yeah. we, we just got that Kotamine is dead. Let's go talk about a bad end. Mm-hmm. Shiro's like, I fucking hate that guy. But, you know, maybe he could give me some advice. Um, He walks to the church and, like, on his way up the hill, his wound opens up again. It's gushing blood and all this stuff. And he's like, this definitely isn't because of my weak will. <laughs> just death well, flag you know what i mean he curses his weak will and then is like i listen i know it's not <laughs> i know it's not that it's human bodies don't uh-huh. heal that fast but also when he has a stronger will in the in the main thing his, this does not happen and his body is fine climbing the same hill after doing a lot more work oh is it yeah i completely know missed that yeah no no okay he wanders into the church and then wanders into the courtyard and bumps into caster who's in a good mood mm-hmm uh, run away, fight, or find an opening is our choice. I believe they all end the same. Yes. Like, she, li- you literally don't even get to do anything. Yeah. Which is, like, a f- fun 
I do I do appreciate the bit being oh no matter what choice there's not you even make, like one screen like yeah. one line of text of Shiro doing anything yeah. yeah. So this is where she explains that she's going to dismember him and use him to channel projection magic for some reason. She's going to use him as a wand, but like a guy. That seems fine. She says something about a man who got away. I guess that must be Ku. Could be Kotamine. Could be. Oh, right. She would know at that point because of... No, no, she wouldn't because she doesn't know until... Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it must be Ku. Must be Ku. Uh, then she's like, I'm going to show you how Saber's doing and we get a dead end. Yep. Mm -hmm. Tiger Dojo 21. We've got an eye catch for a magical girl <laughs> show starring Taiga instead of the usual introduction. It's incredible. Ilya is so shocked that she's grayed out standing there. Uh -huh. This this one is like one of my favorite Tiger Dojos so far because of the amount of work that went into that and also Taiga is like talking to her and then it realizes that she's frozen and it zooms in on Ilya as like a wooden sword like kind of loosely flops at her face <laughs> as Taiga pokes her with it. It's really funny. It's a really funny animation. Ilya wakes up and punches her in space. Uh, she says Taiga's too old to be a magical girl and only she's qualified to be a magical girl on this list. Don't you hate to see the exact moment of the inception of Prisma Ilya? Yeah. And then there's a joke about Rin showing up and being, and, uh -huh. and uh, Ilya's like, oh, haha, ha, actually Rin too. Uh -huh. Which I think would necessarily make Sakura young enough because Sakura's younger than yeah, right? Rin. Um, which is, at that point, most of the cast is young enough. Uh -huh. so Just not, specifically, not Taiga. <laughs> not Taiga, not Saber. Uh, Taiga's like, well, too bad I'm the one who got the show. You can play a villain or something. And Ilya's not happy with that. And that's mm -hmm. then it ends without even acknowledging what we did wrong. Yep. Which is very funny. I mean, yeah. Caster acknowledges what we did wrong, uh -huh. which is... Uh-huh. Uh, came to the church. Not even came to the church. Came to the church a little too early. Yes. Back to it. Uh, let's go look for Rin. So Shiro runs around town with this injury all day, fan, and is still in better shape than he was in the one hour to get to the church. Yeah. He thinks that uh, he needs to pay Rin back for saving his life, and also she's going to whiff it if without him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's very Rin. We cut to later. He's hanging out in the creepy park, the fire spot. Um and then uh, goes to look for her again. And yeah, cut. we go to an interlude. Mm -hmm. Rin is thinking about the sword dream and the time axis graph. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get some information about antiheroes. Mm -hmm. Okay, fun. So this alters our understanding of this a little bit. There are legitimate heroes like Saber. Yes. Who made it, I guess, made a deal with the world to become a servant. Yes. Then there are anti-heroes who were inscribed on the throne of heroes against their will, even after being demonized by humanity, I guess. Hmm. That's what it sounds like here. Hmm. Uh, she, the, the speaker calls them, uh, says that they should be called Avenger with a capital A. And uh, no matter how much they were hated by or do hate humans, they're forced to be guardians anyway. Yeah. Which again comes back. Uh huh. Ooh. But it seems that they them didn't... being tools. Yeah. It seems like they didn't get to make a deal for power. 
Yeah, I wonder if that was a they made a deal and then grew to hate humanity. I I guess. I don't know. Um but like heroes also are kind of inscribed on the throne against their will a little bit. Or like if they if it, it describes them as being against their will, but like that's part of the contract if you make the contract. Yeah. I don't know how much those terms are made clear, but Yeah. Anyway. Archer is not a hero or an anti-hero because uh, no one liked him, but he also doesn't hate humans, I guess. <laughs> so he doesn't really count as a real hero or an anti-hero. Uh-huh. But his hatred of humans comes later because, I think we've talked about this before, heroic spirits are summoned as guardians to solve human problems. Mm-hmm. So when humans go bad uh, and like are about to destroy the world, a, a guardian is called in to stop them, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. It says that destruction of the world from an outside threat is solved by the world's restraining power, which I have no idea what that could mean. So, yeah, Archer only saw the worst of hum- humanity at its worst for an unknown, p- potentially infinite amount of time. Mm-hmm. And now he hates humans. This contradicts the idea that um, servants don't bring anything back from their summonings because he has built up world weariness over time after his death. Yeah. So that contradicts the idea. He yeah. remembers things uh-huh. from his summonings. Yeah. So other people should too. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Archer wakes up, uh, Rin, wakes Rin up from a nap. He let her sleep for a while because she fell asleep standing up. Aww. He thought it was funny. <laughs> he to be fair, his- I would also uh, look at someone sleeping on their feet and go, huh, that's really cool. I wonder how you did that. He put his coat on her to keep her warm, though. Uh-huh. They're hanging out in the church cemetery, which I guess is not at the church. I think it's down the hill a little way. Yeah. Um, if the church cemetery was right at the church along with the orphanage, it would be too much Resident Evil. It would just be 100% Resident <laughs> Evil. There is a Resident Evil location like that in Resident Evil 2. Uh-huh. They're getting ready to assault the church. Rin asks if Archer has ever regretted his actions, and he he shuts up. What is, uh, what's Rin's line here? You want to read it? Uh, I don't know if I can... Ha- Wait. Is this Rin oh, saying? About regretting her actions. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know if I can help it. I want to grit my teeth and be stubborn even when I'm completely beaten. Mm-hmm. Um, and Archer's like, yeah, you have a strong enough will to do that. Yeah, he's like, you'll never make a mistake because you're so strong and you're special and you'll never give up and et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. I don't know that this is true. No, but... No. But, you know, she needs to hear it. Yeah. I guess. She can have a breakdown after the Holy Grail War. Uh, there's a good bit where she's like, well, okay. Uh, were you, or are you at least able to believe in yourself until the end? And his response, the until the end part is meaningless. Did you forget, Master? I met my end a long time ago. That's good. That's very good. Yeah. It's fun to be reminded that servants are dead. Yep. Cut back to Shiro, still running around Shinto, and he's like, you know what? I'm going to go visit Kotamine. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. We love to see Kotamine, who is currently dead. (laughs) (laughs) Shiro climbs the hill, um, and he's like, oh, the church has got bad vibes, and he breaks into a run. There's blood on the floor of the sanctuary, which is a good touch. 
He pulls out his sword. He runs to the secret altar room. Uh, and he finds Rin and Archer standing off with Castor and Kuzuki. Saber's still in horny jail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the jail that makes you horny, not the jail that you go to for being horny. Maybe both. I guess. No one's noticed him yet because they're too busy making eye well, contact with each other. Shiro says no one's noticed him yet. Yeah, I'm Archer, pretty sure that Archer, almost everyone has noticed him. At least Archer and Kuzuki have. I yeah. think that Castor is like not paying attention. Uh, Rin also yeah. probably not yeah. battle trained enough to like Saber also busy. <laughs> yeah, okay. Busy sweating. Still, Shiro's like, ah, oh, I have the element of surprise, and two of the five people down there have noticed him already, yeah. and it's just very silly. We can jump in to make an opening for Rin or not be reckless and let's just examine the situation. Let's get this Tiger Dojo over with, Ben. Uh, let's see. Shiro is like, okay, I will just distract Kuzuki. Rin will be able to kill him. That'll deal with the whole thing. Mm-hmm. He runs down. Rin's like, what the fuck are you doing here? And she, he says, well, you did tell me to go to the church for my own protection, which she did say, yep. which is very funny. Archer's like, oh, fuck. Now, now everyone's going to die. And Kuzuki uses a command spell on caster which i didn't know he had command spells for caster yeah how does he have command spells ben i yeah i don't know uh i guess whenever you make a contract you get command spells in this but that's not that's not how it works later but it's how it works now um anyway he uses a command spell on caster to force her to use a command spell on saber to reinforce the original command spell of murder the people i want murdered mm-hmm and uh, Caster's like, oh, fuck, that apparently my entire plan hinges on uh, having exactly two command spells for Saber. So now I can't make the Grail eternal and do infinite wishes, I guess. Weird. No idea why. Um, Archer gets in the way to get killed first to give Rin like a few more seconds of life. And then, yeah, everyone dies. Mm-hmm. Saber, like, marches down and kills everyone <laughs> easily. Yep. We have yet another logo. This one for, yes, like, a... for another different show. For, like, a daytime call-in uh-huh. TV show. Uh, we're, uh, we're graced by the presence of Fujimanta, a <laughs> life counselor, who happens to look a lot like Taiga. Mm-hmm. And she has a special guest on her show, uh, a moot... A mosaiced outcaster <laughs> with like a slight filter on her voice. Uh-huh. She's worried that she's too old to be in this and be interesting. She's, by the way, 28, according she's to this. She's younger than I am. She's younger than I am. <sighs> I'm in hell. She uh, goes on and on about how she wants to be a good... Caster wants to be a good housewife. Yeah. This whole this Tiger Dojo introduces a lot of things about. Uh, not only does it reinforce all the stuff that I don't like about Caster being a like wannabe housewife, it also uh, introduces a new idea that Caster was originally supposed to have a hyper power lolly mode that got cut. Ben, Tiger says lolly so many times. Yeah, 
and it just made me want to curl up and die. The worst part about the, the, them bringing this up in Tiger Dojo is that they use that phrase over and over and over again. You can't even be like, oh yeah, weebs are say, our, our weebs are here. It's yeah. just Nasu saying that. Uh-huh. Uh, they said they already have one lolly. Uh, mm -hmm. Fantastic. Great. Um, I'm struck by uh, a certain character in uh, Melty Blood who has a second version where she's a little kid with superpowers. So uh -huh. this philosophy continues to this day. They have not forgotten to do this. Yep. Great. Great. There's a lot. The Melty Blood Evo finals were yesterday. And uh -huh. A lot of people dunking on the guy who plays that character. Yeah. Uh-huh. She looked, her fighting style is cool, but yeah. like, wow, she's real. Yep. She he, really he, is like that. He got beat <laughs> up. Just like, couldn't couldn't even take a round off of his opponent. Was that the final final? That was, uh, I think he was top eight. Oh, wow. He did not make it beyond pretty, his top Pretty eight. far, though. Yeah, yeah. But. Shoutouts to Hisui for winning. Shoutouts to Hisui! Shoutouts to Hisui! Hisui wins! If anyone deserves a win, it's probably Hisui. Hisui deserves a win. Uh-huh. Hisui deserves a route. Uh-huh. Give me a route, Type Moon. No. Give me two Kohaku routes. Spoilers for Tsukihime Red Garden, I guess. But... What, what do you mean? You, it's not even out yet. You can't spoil a game that doesn't exist. I would not be surprised if Kahaka gets two routes in the remake. She's not gonna get two routes, but I bet you Hisui's route is expanded to be more Hisui, but still does all of the Kohaku work. That's my guess. Then that's still Kohaku's route! Fen is smiling slightly as if, yes, yes, Kohaku deserves this. Fen, there just isn't enough interesting stuff about Hisui to carry an entire route without involving her sister. I'm gonna pause the recording right here while I go. Uh, yeah. Jumping into the fray makes everything worse. Mm hmm So, Shiro decides to evaluate what's going on before he tries to act in. Uh, act. And he also thinks about Archer's cool swords, which is what he was missing last time. Mm-hmm. Caster says something about Kotamine being dead, and Rin's first reaction makes it seem like she's upset that Kotamine's dead, but what she's actually upset about is that Caster did not double-check to make sure, <laughs> double and triple-check to make sure that he was dead. And she, Caster's like, what do you mean? And looks kind of nervous, and she's like, I can't believe you didn't do it. If you're gonna kill the guy, make sure he's fucking dead. <laughs> um, and like, I feel like now Caster's thinking, like, where did his body go, actually? It's a little bit of both. Like, Rin is initially like, oh... Like, yeah, I had my issues with the guy. He's more than a little evil, but, like, I am going to miss... Wait, one sec. Kotamune doesn't die that easily. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, he's he's slunk off somewhere, certainly. Yeah, uh-huh. Leaving a goo trail. A mud trail. Mmm, um, delicious. Now, Rin lays out what's going to happen. She's going to fight Caster. Uh -huh. Archer's going to fight Kazuki. Normal. I don't know how long that mage is going to stand up against Caster, but that's what she says is going to happen. Yeah. Archer I... beating Kazuki? Yeah, sure. Yeah. You can do ranged attacks. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Uh, Rin, but the thing is, Rin really doesn't want Archer to turn on her and doesn't want Caster to be in rule breaker range. Uh-huh. 
let's see. And uh, the the idea is if they can win, Shiro can get ca- uh, Saber back. Yep. Uh, Archer says that Castor would kill her own brother if that meant she could escape. And Castor's like, that's weirdly specific. What do you know? <laughs> Who is Castor? Castor's Medea. Uh, the Greek. Medea, the daughter of uh, the king of Colchis. I don't yeah. know if I'm pronouncing Colchis right. Uh, she's known for uh, being part of the story of Jason and the Golden Fleece. Jason uh-huh. comes to Colchis to get the Golden Fleece to recant claim his kingdom, uh, which is not Colchis. He needs to go somewhere else with it. And Medea, the daughter of the king, falls in love with him, helps him overcome a series of trials, including uh, sowing a field of tea- dragon's teeth that turn into soldiers, which are not explicitly said to be skeletons, but that's mm-hmm. where that spell comes from. Mm-hmm. And uh, running away with Jason to get married, pro- with the promise that he'll marry her. Mm-hmm. Uh, in order to avoid her father following them, she kills and dismembers her b- brother's corpse and dumps him into the ocean, I think, uh, in order so that the king will be distracted finding the pieces to have a proper burial. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is Medea. Notably, normal for girls. Notably, in both m- many versions of it, and also in this version of her story, Medea was not actually in love with Jason, but was cursed by a goddess to fall in love with him because they wanted Jason to win. That's unfortunate uh-huh. for her. Yeah, it's almost like it's almost like her story has to do with it being bad to be blindly trapped in a relationship with a man. Yeah. And it's almost like she's doing it again <laughs> uh-huh. in a very uninteresting and un- uncomplicated way. Yep. But here we are. This is the most boring possible take on Medea you could possibly do. Mm-hmm. God. It doesn't help that Nasu chose the most boring man alive. Or he, uh, not even alive. He's not even nice to her. Yeah. He's nothing. He's not even a person. Uh-huh. Anyway. He's he's Castor's real doll that she just carries around with her. Not even because she's worried he's going to leave her. That's part of why she's so clingy. Yeah. Like if a real doll could just walk away one day. Um. Okay. Yeah. Um. I also know the, the ending of this story is that uh, she uh, murders all of her and Jason's kids and then leaves. Mm-hmm. Leaves him. And, uh... Some versions of the, of this, I think, have her just moving to a different country, marrying someone else, and changing her name. So, more power to her. <laughs> the Nasu version is, and nobody knows what happened to her after that. Hashtag girl boss moments. So, yeah, because her going and having a perfectly fine, happy ending somewhere else, it does not play into this version of Caster. Yeah. Uh huh. Anyway. Medea is mad that she's been figured out. Um, and she's like, well, I still have the upper hand. And Archer's like, yeah, we're fucked. And Rin's not happy to hear this. Mm-hmm. What's Archer about to do? Archer's like, so Caster, I heard you were recruiting. Archer looks, like, takes a step forward, looks up at, Sh- at Shiro, gives him a little wink and says, don't be mad at me, bro. <laughs> and then betrays Rin. He says he has no other choice. Well, I mean, 
uh, Castro had a help wanted sign yeah. on the on the window. It said like you know uh, uh-huh. from Part-time like fifteen dollars an hour and up. And and Archer's like, well, Plus damn, Rin's tips. not paying me anything. Rin is not paying him anything. So Caster's excited to have him join. Rin just doesn't say anything. She's just gritting her teeth because I think she knew this was a long time coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's like, okay, use Rule Breaker on me. And Caster is like wary that he's going to pull some shit and then does it. Mm-hmm. Rin does not use her last command spell on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rin gets ready to retreat, but Kazuki goes to smash her head in. Uh, she runs. Kazuki strikes. We get a choice. Don't help or help. Uh, I think that you just get an extra scene if you help. Okay. Or help her. Yes. It literally skips to a scene after. Or, sorry. If you don't help her, you get an extra, like, three pages mm-hmm. of Shiro going, like, if I jump down there, I'm going to die. Uh-huh. But on the other and hand... Anyway. And then he jumps down. Okay. Yeah. okay. Boring. Boring. This is the... I saw someone complaining about, um, oh, actually, we're going to link a, a an article about Kitanai Kimi. Oh, yeah, we should. You can cut this bit, but or like I can record a bumper to put after that discussion. Let's mention it uh, at the very end. Okay, yeah. Um, by that, the author of that article saying, uh, oh, God, I really hate like old uh, VNs because mm-hmm. they have to have quote unquote gameplay, uh-huh. and it's like yeah, choices like this feel like quote unquote gameplay. Some of choices, like I like some choice branching choices. I yeah, think they're interesting. I think that bad ends are really interesting, but like this is the worst kind where it's like, okay, do you want to do one thing or do you want to do the other thing? And you pick one, and it's like, no, I'm just gonna do the other thing. Yeah, it's like you can't even give me the slight like loop here. Uh-huh. It's just gonna be them rationalizing why they're ignoring you my complaints are a lot around like the scene based nature of the ability to skip stuff Mm -hmm. means that scenes where 90 percent of the text is the same yeah the game just treats as if you haven't seen any of it and it's like oh this sucks to that's just and that's like a really intractable problem though because skipping over like auto skipping through text like in the same scene is going to be really jarring i feel like I more mean it's like there are scenes where it's like, oh, the first 90% uh, of this is identical and it's just like the last 10%, but mm-hmm. we didn't like, yeah, yeah. Uh, even just, well, and also that even just fast forward is really nice. Like I can, I can scroll back and look at that text if I've, yeah, yeah anyway. Shiro jumps down and uh, uses the the wooden sword to block Kuzuki once and then summons archer swords to uh, block a couple more blows. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do like the little red, like, danger, danger, overload. <laughs> like, yeah. Lo- uh-huh. Things popping up on Shiro's, uh, between Shiro's, like, uh, describing his summoning or his projection. Yeah. It's so funny that these swords fuck him up so much worse than Caliburn does. Uh-huh. Why? Presumably because the sheath is like making it easier, making, I guess. Making giving him a tie to Arthurian but swords like that a like, divine mystery <laughs> compared to a couple of swords. Yeah, I these are like really cool swords. I think. <laughs> okay, Shiro, <laughs> tell me more about how these are really cool swords. You know what I you mean. You don't get it. The symbolism of the yin and yang on the swords. You know what I mean, though, is that like. 
these swords are important. They're just uh -huh. like, although also the game doesn't, hasn't ever stopped to say like, hey, here are why these are like cool mythological swords. Uh-huh. It's just kind of like, yeah, they, Shiro likes them. Uh -huh. They look cool. Archer, uh, oh, so Shiro blocks a couple of blows. Kuzuki backs off a little bit. And Archer is like, okay, okay, okay. One sec. I want, I want a condition. <laughs> now, now I'm going to bring it up. I didn't bring it up before. Mm -hmm. uh, can you let them go? Kill them if they get in your way again, but let them go for now. This is Nadia? weirdly like the thing that Shiro asked caster on uh -huh. his on that bad end where he allied with caster so presumably archer's not going to get uh delimbed and put in a jar no that's that yeah. is fair it's just shiro ever she just wants shiro for that uh-huh um caster has such good humor whenever someone's like hey will you let them go she's always like ha 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 yes absolutely yeah um she does say something about like wait you you know what the power dynamic is here right uh-huh like you uh -huh. do get that yeah it's oh she always thinks it's so funny though that she agrees yeah uh-huh rin pulls shiro away sure they're uh <laughs> sorry we get an incredible line uh after they're after they're out of the the thingamajig right uh-huh she um, she rin tells archer she's gonna make him regret it and oh, then we right. move on um shiro is also deteriorating again yeah He's in they're like shape. walking down the hill and shiro's like it's fine and then rin is like we should take a break and shiro's like it's fine and rin says you're not like kirei so it's troubling to have you leave a trail of blood after you <laughs> it's normal when kotomines do it <laughs> uh, um. then i'm he I know has a near fatal injury, and he's like, actually, the emotional pain you're suffering from being left by a man is so much worse than my uh -huh. near fatal injury. Um, and then she starts crying because, yes, it is. Uh huh. My uh, my note for this section is: girls would rather rather girls would literally rather curl up in a graveyard with their boyfriend than go to therapy. Jpeg, yes. <laughs> which is what That's we're about true. to get. Um, but I know that. I know that Kotomine is not in this episode. Somehow, our meme might have to include Kotomine because he is so present in our hearts. It's gonna be it's gonna be just a shot of the back to back CG, but in the background, Kotomine is popping up over a gravestone, <laughs> the whack a mole. Neko Kotomine. <laughs> Does that exist? That I wouldn't might... be surprised if that's in. Um... Can we please add a Neko Kotomine to that? CG. God. So they're sitting back to back mm -hmm. and they have a little chat about uh, things. Well, yeah. I like the framing of this a lot because Rin starts it off with like, it's a good hey, I'm just, it's a great CG. And Rin starts it off with, I'm just talking to myself. Yeah. I'm just talking out loud. And Shiro's like, cool. Then I can't respond at all. And I know what she's doing. What she's doing is I need to help. I need to like hold myself accountable to work through these feelings, and I'm not going to do that on my own. So I'm going to talk about it with someone else, but give them the understanding that like I'm not I'm not seeking advice. Mm -hmm. I am just saying stuff out loud so that I can work through my feelings. I'm venting. Yeah. She's worried that Archer is right and that her like obsession with the rules and playing fair has doomed the entire town. And mm -hmm. she also finally admits to out loud that she's always whiffs it in the most important moment. Mm -hmm. So she can hardly blame Archer for leaving her. 
And she says that whatever Archer says about her never regretting her actions, no matter what she wants, she is right now. And Shiro's like, no, 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 no. What Archer said is right. You should always barrel ahead and never consider the consequences of anything you do and never regret anything that you've done and just pretend that you did it on purpose. Uh-huh. This doesn't seem healthy. No. I also think that it is something that Shiro is way better at than Rin. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, he's like, you didn't make a mistake, you just lost. That's different. Mm-hmm. I guess that's different, yeah. Sometimes you yeah. lose when you're right. Sometimes someone betrays you, and it's just like, there's nothing you could have done. Mm-hmm. He says some more nice things, and then she asks why he came to help her in the first place, and what does he hold up? He holds up the pendant that he stole from her dresser. Yeah. And here's the wildest thing to me. He says, yeah, it's just like the one I have back home, so I figured uh, that... that that you were behind the one at home. Uh-huh. He thinks there's two... He knows there's two of them. Yeah. But he still has not put together that there shouldn't be two of them. Well, because he just thinks they're normal pendants. Rian says there's an identical one? She's shocked. Uh, she doesn't say that, oh, that was a pendant that I have been storing magical energy in for 17 years, and there should only be one of them. But... Um, she wasn't even storing... It was. It's a relic from her family. No, but I think it is also... No, it was sealed away in her Oh, right, 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 yeah. right, right. It was right, a gift right, from right. him. Yes. He made it. Yeah. Um, I think she says something about storing her magical energy in it, yeah. but... Maybe she added more, but yeah. it definitely was. She yeah. only had it for a day before she lost yeah. it. Or two days before she uh-huh. lost it. Anyway. Rin... And then, well, Rin, I'm starting to think something's weird going on here. Wait, why are there two of these pendants? I'm sure it's fine. Rin, there's no doubt in my mind that Rin knows exactly what's going on here. But because we're holding this reveal for a little longer, she doesn't say shit to Shiro about it. Uh huh. It's this is like this is final confirmation. You might have to cut this. This might be too over the line. This is final confirmation of something Rin already knows. Yes. Uh and but Rin is still refusing to say it. Yeah, that doesn't seem too spoilery to me. Okay. We're we're talking around this because we've known this for so, so... The twist here, we've known this for so long. I had, I had like, a little like bit of a... so long. I have a little bit of a hint. Reading through this my first time, I figured out who... I figured... Out the twist? Out the twist uh, halfway through Fate. <laughs> and so, it's... Grand Order is a big hint. It is a big hint, for Grand sure. Grand Order just tells but, you pretty much... To be fair, I was not 100% sure until halfway through this route, and then I was like, okay, actually, I'm, I'm uh-huh. pretty sure about this. But I also watched Unlimited Blade work, so that's yeah. the, the anime, so it was um, totally blown out of the water, Grand Order aside. Anyway, she gets flustered, yells at him wait, a little bit. We you skipped over the bit where he's like, also, I liked you, and that's why I wanted to come help you. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. And that's why she gets flustered, That's because she she's like... Flustered you'll be you'll like say she says something about like saying it like that you'll you'll invite misunderstandings Uh uh-huh and he's like no i just like you Uh (laughs) and she's like don't be that blunt and then she says that they're finally even Mm -hmm. neither of them owe anything to the other now they're just helping each other for Mm -hmm. helping each other cut back to um shiro's house yeah 
Shiro collapses in the living room. Rin redresses his wound. It's pretty bad shape, but it is healing. She uses some very suspicious-looking magical ointment to replace his flesh and says he should be better in better shape tomorrow. Why did where, she use this before? Yeah, Where did she get pieces of chaos, man? Yeah, where did she get a crocodile to add to his tummy to make him have a crocodile tummy? Impossible tweets. <laughs> Not tweets. Words. Impossible human language words <laughs> that I've spoken. <laughs> To understand if you haven't listened to our Tsukihime coverage or played Tsukihime. Or played Tsukihime. What? Hey, you should maybe play Tsukihime. That game rules. I miss Tsukihime. I'm sure there's lots of people out there who will play Tsukihime and be like, I really don't get it, Ben. Especially people who played Stay Night first, I feel like. I played Stay Night first and still, like, walked out of Tsukihime going like, damn, this game rules. This game fucking rules, Ben. Great game. This is the... Let's play that again. I mean, we will in, like, five years. No, we'll play the remake, which is totally different. I mean, I'm also... Once I'm absolutely playing Tsukihime I'm actually, again before yeah. we play that. I'm, But at that point, I will play it in Japanese and, mm-hmm. like, not have to deal with the... Sometimes, con- sometimes often fine, sometimes confusing, sometimes Blurry, lo- bad lo- uh, translation. Yeah. Rin goes to make dinner, but Shiro helps her. Mm-hmm. Uh, since Rin doesn't know how to make miso soup. Which is, again, this is the bit I was referring to earlier. And we got this. We also got this on the fate route. Is that Shiro... This is the... Uh, Shiro is Japanese. Men are Japanese. Mm-hmm. Women are foreign. <laughs> yes. Uh, Shiro oh. can make Japanese food the best. Sakura can make Western food the best. And Rin can make Chinese food mm-hmm. the best. Mm-hmm. Girls love to be living in expansive Western-style houses and or alleyways. Yep. <laughs> One of the two. Shout-outs to Sion. Sion and Yumizuka. Oh, and Yumizuka, yeah, actually. Uh, love to be living in alleyways, those girls. Yeah. They love to be living specifically in alleyways besi- behind uh, tall Western-style sh- uh, skyscrapers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, let's see... This is also, like, I understand miso soup is mm, making good miso soup uh-huh. is hard, for sure. Getting the, the like, broth just right, I understand. Mm-hmm. I believe that Rin could make a decent miso She's soup. She's a great cook. Yeah. We're not getting any of her being a great cook this route. Yeah. Like, even the sandwiches she made are both uh, an easy... If I played this route, I would have no idea that Rin could cook at all. Yeah. You know what I mean? She even says, like, oh, are the sandwiches a little too spicy? And Shiro's like, yeah, but they're tasty. It's like... She likes things spicy. Yes. I can respect this. Which, again, this she is the, like... She gets to me. Yeah. Anyway. Shiro's like... I want to keep fighting, even though we've lost our servants. And Rin's like, yeah, okay, let's do that. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> we get we get the most Tsundere Rin I have ever seen and right. will ever see is Rin ho- blushing bright red, holding out her bowl for seconds, saying, I, I don't hate you. <laughs> yeah, but we should stick. I don't hate you, so we should stick together. And uh-huh. then, like, he fills her bowl with more rice because, and she's like, "The food's good." Yeah, this is very. This is the, we're finally getting the day day. I do like the bit of uh, him be, like taking several seconds to realize that she's asking for seconds, uh-huh. and not just gesturing. Yeah, 
Her bowl has a little kitty on it, too. Yeah. Again, Ben, I can't wait for the day that Nasu learns that there are other types of girls. Never. He doesn't, He's never realized that. Rin is giving a lecture, Ben. Yeah, she's giving a very complicated lecture about the, like, exact mechanics of projected objects and how if you make a sword that can't be broken, it can't be broken, but then if you stop believing in it, when it breaks, then it stops existing. So I think the the key takeaway is, like, you can project anything. Yes. And it's the moment that the reality of that object yeah. uh, conflicts with your image of it in your mind yeah. is what causes it to dematerialize. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, if you project a sword that you project, quotes, the sword that cannot be broken, uh-huh. the instant it breaks, that is it's out of sync with your mind. Because, like, all swords can break. Uh-huh. <laughs> you, can't, you can't actually make a sword that cannot be broken. Mm-hmm. And so the instant that it breaks, it's out of sync with your mind and it disappears. Yeah. Um, there's also, there's a fun bit here where uh, she's like, oh, you have to start with, like, the materials and stuff. And Shiro's like, wait, one sec. Don't you have to start with, like, the intention? The, like, design process? And Rin looks a little perturbed. And it's, 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 it's the, like, ah, oh, yeah, this is, this is the literally the only thing that Shiro is good at is projection. Uh-huh. And the one place in the world that he knows a little more than Rin. Yeah, uh-huh. Uh, let's see. They talk about their intractable problem, and we get a choice. Fight head-on, look for a secret passage, or team up with another master. I just picked team up with another master. I also just did that. Is um, I didn't say that any of those other were bad ends. No. Um, I think that there are just like slightly different themes. That uh, also or, reach the same conclusion, because yeah, we have I to assume, go. Yeah, yeah. That's the, the most boring version of that. Okay. Yeah. This is, again, this is the bit of, like, quote-unquote gameplay. Yeah. Shiro uh, raises the idea of surviving masters having an interest in defeating Caster. Uh, Rin's like, yeah, I didn't want to say it, but, yeah, that's probably uh-huh. our only bet. So, oh. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah. You okay? Yeah. It's just, yeah. I We can cut this bit, because it's completely out of sync, but... um. There is a the bad end earlier when you go to the church early, you can also get that by just not having enough Rin points. That's true. But the Tiger Dojo doesn't say anything about that. No. Which is interesting because it's like, oh, that's funny because you could just get there and be like, oh, I didn't have a, I guess I have to try the other two options uh, and then neither of those. Oversight. And then, yeah. It's interesting. Um, Who's left? Oh, right. So the the three oh. scenes that we get from these choices are uh, uh, if you just fight head on, Rin Smile, the scary type. Uh, uh, we can't fight them head on. Is there a secret passage? Rin's Distress, the serious type. And then uh, we can't do this by ourselves. We'll cooperate with other masters. Rin Smile, the good type. <laughs> I was like, oh, I want Rin Smile, the uh-huh. good type. That's how I chose. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Let's see. Right. Who's even left? Ilya and Lancer's master. Kotamine. They don't know that yet. Yeah. They don't. Yeah. It's Ilya and Lancer's master, and they don't know who Lancer's master is. So. So Shiro does this thing where he makes a really, really impressive logical leap of, I'm sure Ilya is actually a good person and will help us if we ask. Uh huh. I don't know if logical leap is correct so much as like wishful thinking. 
Yeah. He's sure of it, though. He's like, this is, like, a stupid thing for me to believe, but I do believe it. Um... Rin is like, well, it's really dangerous for us to go to Ilya with with you. And he's like, what do you mean? She's like, you're kidding me, right? Rin Rin says, uh, it is dangerous for you to go to uh-huh. Ilya. Uh, she she's very interested in you in ways that are perhaps concerning. Uh huh. We haven't seen too much of her, so there really wasn't that much of that this route. So I can yeah. I can forgive Shiro being. Uh huh. We do get, like, at the hate, very beginning... I hate that I can forgive Shiro just came out of my mouth. Oh, God. <laughs> this is not going to be my Shiro Likers corruption arc. Uh, the thing is that I'm just tired of bitching about him. Uh-huh. I don't care that much. So. Rin knows who Berserker is? Yeah, apparently... Um, oh, right. Archer told, Archer told her. Yeah. Um... And uh, apparently that means that he would, even though he's berserk, uh, he still will know Caster's tricks well enough to uh-huh. be able to, because he knew her in life. He like, He's Medea. They how, both traveled with the Argonauts. How much of his sanity is taken away by being berserker is unclear. Unclear. Changes, depending on the moment, it yeah. feels like. So she thinks that Berserker can hold off both Caster and Archer together while they team up and kill Kazuki, which will solve their whole problem, except for... I, I guess Archer would definitely join Rin again. Would be like begrudgingly rejoin because mm-hmm. it's like, what else choice does he have? And then uh, Rin is like, I also know where they are. My dad told me about the secret Einsburn like deep forest mansion with no roads going to it. So how the fuck are they coming and going from it so efficiently? Teleportation is sorcery, right? Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, you can't teleport without like big stuff happening. Like magical, Ilya, magical hoverboards. Ilya can just ride Berserker. Berserker will run through it really quickly. But like, without Berserker, what's the plan here? How do the maids? I guess the maids just make a like two day trip. Magical hoverboards. I don't think they have magic hoverboards. Then that's like the only solution I now, can see to this problem. The uh, there are many. The maids doing like skateboard tricks with hoverboards uh, through a forest does sound pretty cool. Yeah. It is only an hour by car, so like. Where's the car though? There's no road yeah. going to it. Yeah. They have to get off of the highway and run into the woods, and in the middle of the woods is the mansion. Yeah. You think they got to kick teens out of the mansion when they come by once every 10 or 5 years or whatever? Probably. Or is there just, like, enough defenses around it that no one goes near it? I wonder if it's the thing Those of, maids like... must have had to dust a lot, though. It's ten yeah. years. It's usually fifty years between... Yeah. Do they... they? The maids must... They must have, like, some maids there all the time. Maybe? This is in pretty Maybe. good shape. Or, or, they send, or they send an advance party that is like, oh, it's a year before time. We only see Let's... the two maids. Yeah, and I mean, so, like, the, the party goes and, like, fixes it up and then leaves at the beginning of the war. And Maybe they just have a groundskeeper who comes by and fixes things. None of this matters, man. I'm... So... I love you, but... I'm just having I'm fun. dying. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, let's see. Shiro goes to sleep. Uh, well, he's, he's he tries trying. To. He's thinking, damn, Ilya really isn't so bad, though. Uh-huh. And he's mad at Archer. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. 
What's the, the last day for this route or for this uh, day, episode? February 12th, 13, versus Berserker. A name which only ever makes me think of Final Fantasy versus 13. Uh-huh. Final Fantasy versus Berserker. Who which would win? I think is both Kingdom Hearts 4 and Final Fantasy 15, if I've heard. I don't know. I think versus 13 was a Nomura project, and uh, from what I have heard, he just put a lot of it into versus thir- or is into 15 and... Kingdom Hearts 4. I see, I see. We're on another interlude. 13-1 Unlimited Blade works. We're starting a lot of days with interludes. Yeah, that's interesting. What's up? Uh, it's caster time, baby. Uh, Does it have to be? She was... I completely lost interest in caster. Ben, she was so wrong. Can I learn more about Medea? About, uh, <laughs> Medea? Can I learn more about uh, Ryder instead of about caster? Next route... <laughs> And also, I'm sure Hollow Ataraxia. Um, yeah, we're watching. We're with Caster. She thought, "Oh, the Grail simply exists somewhere in the church. I just need to take the church and find it." Uh huh. She does not know that it requires all but one servant to be killed. Yeah. Also, it's Ilya. She's looking for the vessel for the Grail. It's Ilya. Oh, is that what she's looking for? Yeah. Kodomine okay. says he has the Vessel of the Grail early on in Fate Root, but he doesn't. It's Ilya. Okay. But it's also... So, yeah, Caster starts lamenting her situation. She's like, I really wasn't such a bad person in life, but now I've gone all evil because of how hot K- Kuzuki is. Mm-hmm. Um, <sighs> yeah. She also she says that she knows that the Grail is fucked up, but she wants it anyway. Yep. Um... And now she she goes back and like thinks about her her summoning. Mm-hmm. She was summoned pretty early, like a month yep. ago, ago. She was summoned by a shithead mage who I th- it kind of sounds like he was sexually taking advantage of her on top of other things. Unclear. I think it's y- unclear, even- but like the vibe is very much. Oh, I served him as well I, as best I could to get him to lower his guard. Yeah, and it the way that she is positioned makes it feel grossly sexual to me. I think that I would say just that when Nasu means that, he doesn't really have a problem just coming out and saying that. Yeah. Um, although you could argue that it is like this is Caster's Caster narrating this. Thing. So, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think ultimately... Like she was play-acting being his wife. Yes. Ultimately, it doesn't really matter. It's just gross. It just adds to this my problem with Caster. Yes. Because she has a thing that severs contracts, uh-huh. and she instead obey let him like did everything he said so that he would waste his command spells on trivial things and then then killed him with rule breaker when he was out of command spells why did she need to do that presumably he slept at some point like i get it was a month ago like this sounds like she was with him for a while yeah what i mean is oh um, yeah you're saying she could have just stabbed him with rule breaker yeah like I this get is, that I get that another... you can't just like come up to your master and stab them because yeah. they'll use a command spell. But presumably he was defenseless at some point. Especially since he trusted her. Yeah. 
And then she finally kills him. And because he had so much power over her, he didn't give her enough magical energy. So she's disappearing. Mm -hmm. We do get an interesting thing where she underestimated how important having a master was because it's not just about the magical energy being fed. It is having an anchor tying you to the modern age. Yeah. That's why she can't exist without a master. Not because she doesn't have enough magical energy, but because the world is, like, pushing her back to her own time. Yeah. Or out of time, as it were. Mm-hmm. Which, I, I, yeah. I'm not 100% sure. I can't say with certainty. It does definitely feel like the kind of thing that is like, oh, right. She's, she could stay in this world mm-hmm. using the lives of everyone in Fuyuki. Um, and just, like, would need even more magical energy to stay alive. Uh-huh. Um... But, yeah, it's at that point, again, like, just pick some she guy the ley line set up, I guess. or girl and or girl. make them make them your master and then, like, mind control them. Yeah. And then, voila, you have a solution to your problem. But she was so weak that she couldn't do anything. She just ran yeah. around covered in blood until Kazuki rescued her and brought her to the temple. Uh-huh. She didn't even have the wherewithal to choose to go to the temple because it's the perfect not even there not an ounce of strategy she just happened to show up there mm-hmm. um yeah we get some stuff about her her backstory which i yeah i don't know i, I we've talked about it a little bit yeah 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 she was like well i was gonna use him but it turns out he has inner depth and beauty and all that and i'm in love with him now pretty mm-hmm. much does he does he really i don't think so I mean, I know he breathes good, but... Oh, and then they have sex to make a contract. Which, I don't know why that's necessary. Yeah, I don't... I guess it's because he's not a mage, but... Like, is normal cum full of magical energy, too? Even if you don't have any magical energy? I think, yeah. Rin says that everyone has magical energy in them. The difference Uh is mages can, like, channel it into something. But if he's got enough magical energy that he has any at all, he should be able to make a contract without cum, I think. Yeah, probably. I wonder if that bit is in the... I wonder if that gets cut for Realtanua. Maybe. I didn't didn't look at the scene from Realtanua's perspective. Yeah. So, right, right. Um... Yeah, Kazuki doesn't care about her, has no preferences or interests whatsoever. Um, and so she's scared of losing him. Mm-hmm. Archer comes in to bother her. Uh, mid, uh, Caster says that there is only Berserker left and they're going to win over Saber soon. Mm-hmm. So what happened to Lancer? Did she kill Lancer? I don't know. Uh, let's see. Wait, this is the beginning of day 12? Yeah. They talk about Archer's betrayal. He clarifies he didn't want to betray Rin. He wanted to break his contract with Rin. Mm. Which is interesting. And he also says that he, she should, Caster should be careful because some servants actually like their masters, like Saber and Berserker. Mm-hmm. Uh, she also likes her master. So I don't really get his point here. She's aware that that's a thing that can happen. Yeah. Uh, he also says that righteous heroes can only be summoned by righteous people, which he means is... Her, uh, Heracles is a good person even though he's a raving monster and thus Ilya is also a good person I don't know why they're so bent on saying that Ilya's good we already got her like hanging out last week we yeah Caster thinks about Ryder and how she and Ryder are in the same category she, we also get a really interesting fact here 
the Grail could originally only summon heroes, not anti-heroes. Yeah, that's interesting. This changed during the Third Grail War. Later, we get something saying, I think it's in an Ilya flashback, saying that the Eidensburns summoned that thing which should not have been summoned during the Third Grail War. Yeah, so It did something. Eidensburns did Seems something. like it was their fault. I don't think that we get any more clarity. Mm, we might get some more clarity on this next route, but certainly not much not much anyway that's the end of the interlude yeah shiro's dreaming about the fire he wakes up and what do we see fan oh ben we were truly robbed uh we see rin in glasses rin wears glasses apparently when she's doing detailed work which so she's she's farsighted is that yeah maybe you're nearsighted oh. and you can see things close yeah and not um i assume that she was making more of those like crystal owls or something crystal yeah. birds show us um show yeah us one show us that birds. two give me saber and glasses you <coughs> cowards three the glasses don't really fit her face right i don't think they don't yeah. like sit on her face they don't look very good it feels like a thing i need that to is see like... Rin in a few more different kinds of pairs of glasses before i'm satisfied here fan <laughs> This feels like a thing where Nasu's like, uh, I need Shiro to be horny for Rin and glasses. And Takeuchi's like, uh, give me 15 minutes in Photoshop. Uh-huh. They look like CL's glasses. That would be very funny if Takeuchi's just like, well, I Put have CL's this other glasses. sprite over here. and They take a cab to the edge of the forest and then just wander into the woods off the highway. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a good bit in the forest there's an incredible field this is this is a the sometimes i think fate route is way better at this way better at balancing uh kind of like normal slice of life comedy stuff with Mm -hmm. high stakes drama stuff yeah this route it grates on me a little more here yeah i think one because it is trying for such a darker tone yeah and also, yeah, it's, it's just the a music. weird... It's yeah. like the dark tone cu- juxtaposed with that stupid fucking song. Uh-huh. Um, so Shiro steps a foot inside the bounded field and gets, like, a little tingly shock. He gets zapped a little. Uh, and he's like, oh, oh. And Rin's like, oh, yeah, of course. Like, that makes sense. But, it, yeah. like, it's good that she knows that we're coming because we're not trying to attack her. Uh, um, and Shiro's, Shiro's, like, Shiro's, Shiro's like, like, just, you know... Just so you know, it's going to give you a little shock. And Rin's like, yeah, I saw, I saw, I saw. Uh, steps foot inside. Lightning bolts explode. <laughs> yeah. We do get a really good Rin, like, Rah! Uh-huh. And then she, like, starts yelling at Ilya. She's like, I know you're laughing at me in your stupid fucking <laughs> castle. It was, it's a very funny bit of, like, yeah. It's a funny bit to have, like, the first person in get, like, a little tingle and then... Uh, when it's Rin stepping in, it just, like, a bomb goes off. Uh-huh. They're fine, though. Yeah, they're both fine. Uh, they d- did not see the magical hoverboards on their way in, and so they the have to walk all the way. They walk all the way. They find the place. Ilya's <laughs> little fancy lad palace uh, <laughs> in the woods. Rin's like, uh-oh, there's someone else here. And then, this is a very funny sequence. They're about to go through the front door. Or Shiro's like, we better go through the front door, because Ilya's way, probably, we don't want to look like we're attacking. And Rin's like, there's someone else here. Climbs a tree in, like, six seconds, smashes a window, and jumps in. 
I do I do appreciate the bit that Rin's like, someone else is here, and Shiro's like, yeah, Ilya. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, yeah, and then uh Rin It's like it's like she's a companion character and there's an enemy you can't see in the room and they just like start smashing things and running around. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh Rin at the window is like, come on, come on, come on, we we gotta hurry. Mm-hmm. Um, Shiro also gets inside the window. They split up to watch the fight from opposite sides of the balcony mm-hmm. above the entryway. Who's fighting? <sighs> Shinji's here. Ilya's here. Berserker's here. And Gilgamesh. Bilgamesh. Bilgamesh himself is here. Uh, Shiro's che- or Shinji's cheering him on, and Gil is beating Berserker's ass into the ground. This Hardly a fight. Yeah. Or... Berserker's doing way better than he has any right to, given his powers and his lim- like limitations yeah. as someone who can't strategize and is a huge target. But also, he's not even going to touch Gil. Yeah. The flip side of that is, if he touched Gil, Gil would die. Yes. Uh, this scene, this is like probably my favorite... Uh, this is probably my favorite scene in these days that we read. Yeah. Uh, Cause it sucks. I, I think it might be my favorite fight scene in this route so far. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, Cause it sucks, but it like, it feels appropriate with the tone that the route is going for. And, uh-huh. and crucially feels deserved. Uh-huh. Last route, we learned that uh, and kind of any, any uh, technique or weapon that um, Berserker has died to, he's more resistant to yeah and so of course it's gilgamesh the guy who has infinite different weapons uh-huh who would just not have any problems dealing with yes him. uh this is this is berserker's literal worst nightmare uh-huh. is gilgamesh coming and being his opponent it's fascinating that gil ha- is just like in a totally different outfit again uh-huh you know what i mean he is he gonna wear a different outfit every every time he appears he's got like four or five outfits I don't remember how many different outfits he has, but uh, he doesn't have a lot of sprites each outfit. Yeah, but it's it's kind of like um, cheeky versus Ro- uppercase cheeky versus Roa, just mm-hmm. having a different style. Mm-hmm. Except it's just Gil every time wearing yeah. a different look. <laughs> I guess he does have everything, including different types of fancy track jackets and <laughs> fluffy coats. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Let's see. Yeah, he's wearing like a black and white fuckboy track jacket kind of look. Uh-huh. Um, Berserker's getting killed over and over again. Gil has like a sassy like hip swing snap <laughs> that he does. Um, Berserker makes a final charge on his last life. Uh, and Gil uses a thing called Heaven's Chain, which is the chain that once bound the Bull of Heaven. This is a mytholo- like a Babylonian, like Mesopotamian mythological thing. Mm-hmm. We're not going to get... It's mostly just flavor at this point. But apparently... Oh, Ilya is like, Berserker, come back! And uses a command spell. And it doesn't work. And uh, this... And uh, yeah. And Gil's like, yeah, uh, the stronger the divinity of the, the object that these chains are binding, the stronger they are. They were made uh-huh. to bind a god. Of course a command spell doesn't work. Uh-huh. And uh, Hercules is a demigod, too. Yeah. So this is especially effective on him. Uh-huh. So Heracles. He can't move. And then uh, Gil shoots him with 22 swords. Uh-huh. Uh, 
Yeah, Berserker's already survived more hits than his life should be able, his like, uh, his nine lives or whatever, 12, yeah. 12 labors, uh-huh. uh, should be able to sustain, but he keeps, he keeps going for a bit. Oh, we skipped over an option. Oh, did we? Yeah. There's an option to stop Gil versus restrain no. yourself. That's not, that's not until, um, after this part. Is it? Yeah, it's down, uh, here. It's after Gil attacks Ilya. Oh. Oh, yeah. I, okay, never yeah. mind. Sorry. No, you're fine. Ilya runs over to Berserker to try and help him, and Gil uh, chops her eyes out for some oh. reason. Really gruesome. Um, And then stabs her in the lung. Mm-hmm. This bit, this is a rough, like a rough bit that's only going to get rougher in a second. Berserker is so dying is so infuriated by Ilya being hurt that he smashes through the god binding chains and takes another swing at uh Gil who kills him with Gabolg. Yep. And or finally proto dead. proto Gabolg. Yeah. Yeah. Personally, oh. I think this would be a lot cooler if they both died here and uh, just Gil wasn't really a threat yeah. at the end of this. Uh-huh. I think it would be a much cooler scene. Yeah. Uh grimness aside it's still just as sad if berserker and Ilya both die here still uh-huh uh this is partly me being like i just don't want the gill of this route as a villain yeah also it'd be funny if they could just kick the shit out of shinji again uh-huh anyway i'm sure he's gonna i'm i'm sure shinji will get his comeuppance this route too <laughs> so gill fin- prepares to finish Ilya off with his bare hands uh, and we get a choice to stay hidden or to stop Gil. My guide says stop him. Yes. Uh, I believe from from a later Tiger Dojo, it sounds like if you don't stop him, a thing that lets you not get a different bad end doesn't trigger. Yeah. Well, okay. So if you choose to restrain yourself, um, you get a little bit of Shiro thinking like, uh, yeah, I should, I don't want Ilya to die, mm-hmm. but... If I jump down there, I am going to die. Mm-hmm. 100%. Both of these options suck. I don't know what to do. Anyway, I'm going to stay here. Yeah. And then... Um, then it keeps going for a while, but you're so locked into it, the bad end. Yeah. It skips to a further scene, and then it skips to oh, a scene okay. that... So, like, you get that little bit of Shiro being like, oh, I should go save her, but I can't, uh, is the only unique part of this bad end. But it's... Or, of this option. And then it, like, for it forces you onto a... But does it abridge part of it? It skips a bunch of other scenes. Okay, cool. I like that. If you're going to have a choice that sets you up for a worse thing to happen later, it's nice that it really, like, just abridges everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Interlude 13-2 Unlimited Blade Works. What's happening? Uh, Berserker's being summoned. We're kind of loosely... We're in third person, but we're loosely following Berserker's perspective. Mm -hmm. He was summoned two months before the Grail, or before now. That's a long long time. time Yeah. Uh, In, also, notably, in wherever Ilya is from. Whatever European country Ilya is from. Yeah. It's a land of eternal winter. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, I like this spring does not come for the Einsburn family until their wish is fulfilled line. That's good. Uh, it talks about them seeking the grail for a long, long time ago. 
uh, coming close to it a thousand years ago. This is the really good. What I think. Well, I was just gonna say that this is the we got this bit on um, in the fate route. I think is that like the uh, Einsburns are the ones who know the most about grails they make the vessel yeah they were the ones who had to go to other people and say like okay i we want to do this on our own but we're not strong enough can you help Uh uh-huh teaming up with the makiri and uh the tosaka family um yeah this is this is an interesting bit about how they've uh cheated every time Mm -hmm. as best they can (laughs) i well well in the first one, they did not have time to do such a thing, which is a funny <laughs> is way very, to start. Which is very funny because it's like, well, they would have cheated if they could have. <laughs> in the second one, they finally found a loophole in the rules. I don't in, know what that means. In the third one, they summoned what they shouldn't have. I know what that means, and it was bad. They shouldn't have done that. And in the fourth one, they were sure of their victory, having the strongest card on its master. Kiritsugu and Saber were Einsburn masters. Yeah. Or master and servant. Uh, uh, but but they were, they were betrayed. betrayed. Yeah, sort of. Yeah. Uh, Kiritsugu smashes the Grail. Uh huh. Well, Saber smashes. Saber smashes the Grail. Kiritsugu orders her yes. to against yeah. her will, and then Kiritsugu never returned to the Einsburn Castle, where he left a wife and child. What? Yep. <laughs> One second, Fen. I think I'm starting to put something together here. I'm not. They gave up on outsiders and were like, we're going to prepare the strongest master and servant for the fifth war ourselves. Yeah, so more cheating. They, uh, I don't know where they got them from, but they engraved Ilya with a bunch of command spells early, before the Grail even began to be summoned. Yes. Don't know where they got that from. And then they summoned Berserker again, way before mm-hmm. the Grail was able to support him. Yep. And so it was, so what was Ilya keeping him alive. Yeah. Which um, is like, we get this... We get a terrible line about, like, any time he moves, it causes Ilya immense pain. pain. Yeah. Because of how much energy he's draining from Yeah. Because, like, yeah, we've heard it before. No normal mage could even dream of summoning something as as powerful Uh as a a servant. And then even more so, uh, the Grail is the one that supplies most of that servant's energy to stay in the world. And Berserker notably very energy inefficient and drains a lot of energy to exist Uh, so i'm sure what did they do they had them like sit very still until it was time to fight right uh they threw them out into a forest with a bunch of wild hungry wild animals magical monsters it seems like yeah they said something about an army of corpses Uh uh-huh that seems a little mean to Ilya. yeah it does seem a little mean um Ilya uh has Berserker kill like Berserker fights them to protect Ilya mm-hmm. and Ilya like berates him constantly mm-hmm. uh and like is very mean to him. Uh eventually the Grail's manifestation starts and he her connection to him stabilizes a little bit. Mm-hmm. We get an incredible CG of him like <sighs> fucking well, how tall is he? Is he like he's like 10 feet, 12 Something feet like that? tall? Yeah. He's enormous. He's got a little bit of blood on her, him, and in front of him is, like, a tiny, tiny little Ilya coming up to his knee, covered mm-hmm. in blood in a white dress. Uh-huh. There's a there's a good line about, um, yeah, um, about, like, he being covered in the beast's blood and her being covered in her own blood. Uh-huh. Because, again, every time he does anything, it is, like, taking its toll out on Ilya's body. 
in this moment when she like she like pats his hand and says that he's very strong um he realizes that she he had never heard her speak to anyone else at all besides him yeah Uh uh-huh that's really sad yeah cut back to the present one sec I thought that we got the CG or this like flashback next route. It's really I was not flashback. prepared for for this route. Um partially because Ilya's barely a character this route. Uh-huh. Um This is the thing in the Unlimited Blade Works this comes so out of nowhere that I was just like, "What? What's happening?" <laughs> um anyway, this is like Yeah, this is a great way to to say like, "Oh, right. We got like we got a little i think we got one interlude from berserker's perspective last route um he talked at the end or talked at the end um but like this is a great way to be like yeah Ilya and berserker are good people like uh-huh. they just cared for each other in a in a horrifically abusive situation uh-huh uh they like developed a bond and cared for each other heracles notably killed a lot of children and family members and lovers of his but he was always under a curse while doing it. He wasn't a bad guy on uh-huh. his own. Anyway, we're back in the present. Ilya is crying and blind, re- groping for Berserker and mm-hmm. bleeding out from a, the wound in her lung. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a really horrible line here. The golden foe gashes her eyes with a single slash, taking away her light forever. Oh, uh-huh. Berserker breaks the chains and tries to fight Gil one more time and is struck through. And he is beginning to dematerialize, but he sees Ilya crawling across the ground. Through sheer force of will. Uh, Or, yeah. Ilya is searching for him. And Berserker, noticing this, stays in the world long enough for her to find him. And she's like, oh, you're as strong as always. Yeah, he's still standing. And then... um, she dies, and then he lets go. It's a really good scene. <laughs> it's a great scene. It's a fantastic scene. Yeah, yeah. This is one of my favorite scenes in the thing so far. Yeah. In Unlimited Blade Works. Just like... it. You could even say that, at least so far, this feels like one of the scenes that Nasu wrote and was like, cool, how do I write a route that fits this tone? Um. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ilya is also the most disposable, um, uh, likable character, I think. Or not like I would say like, Taiga is, but... Taiga's not disposable because she's not a character. Yeah. Right? Yeah. She's just comic relief. If she yeah. dies, it kind of messes the balance up. Ilya is in the game and it has stakes in the game. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But isn't actually a main character, so she can die. Yeah. Unlike fatally wounded Rin last route, who definitely who did not die and was fine, actually. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, it's a rough. Normal one. when girls die. Uh, this happens. Uh, Ilya has already passed away by the time this happens, but Shiro makes a run for Gil, not knowing this. Gil tears her heart out from the back. Oof. Uh and gets mad that Shiro was yelling at him to mm-hmm. stop and shoots some swords at him. Misses, seems like. Yeah. Gil wants to kill Shiro. Shinji's like, hey, I want to gloat for a little bit. Uh, he does some gloating. Shiro refuses to bow to his whims. And then Shiro, Shinji's like, well, kill him. Kill him. 
But Rin's uh, here. Rin, another cool CG. Yeah, has like lined up a shot on uh Shinji's head and is like, "Get the fuck out of here! I'm just gonna shoot him to death." And it's, I know you're terrifying. You'll probably be okay, but it's gonna be really inconvenient for you if you lose your master right now. Yep. He's like, "This is very funny." Gil's very amused by this. Uh. He backs off and then tells Shinji that they're going to do something fucked up to Rin later. He says something about making her a vessel. Hmm. I don't know what that is, but Shinji like does like a lecherous look, I guess, or something mm-hmm. like that. And I don't like it. Nope. Uh, we, yeah. could, we could reasonably guess that he means in the same way that Ilya in the yeah. Fate Route was the vessel for the Grail. Yeah. That how, Rin would how be. How make someone into a vessel for That is an excellent question. I guess we'll get there. Yeah. Uh, Shinji also tries to talk Rin into joining them, uh, but he, and he, like, gives a bunch of outdated information, uh-huh. and she's like, hey, Shinji, you're being used, I don't know exactly who's pulling your strings besides the, the big man next to you, but you should, you should pay more attention to what's going on. Again, he tells Gil again to kill them, and Gil's like, hey, listen, I got this heart, it's still beating, I guess? Uh, he says something about it rotting, and it, I think. Yeah, yeah, and we need to get it on ice. Yeah. And he tells, before he goes, he tells Gil, or he tells Shiro that he has a good friend, uh-huh. and then walks away. <laughs> a little bit later, the two are standing over Ilya's body, and Rin is trying to reassure Shiro, who is really torn up about this. He's not even really sure why, because he didn't really know Ilya, but he's, like, sobbing. Uh-huh. Rin asks why he jumped into danger for Ilya, and he's like, well, I just kind of wanted to save her. And uh, Rin yells at him for not valuing himself again. Uh, <laughs> he sa- there's this line, it's as if she knows I'll live a thankless life, so she's trying to stop me. <laughs> and she's like, whatever happened to you ten years ago really fucked you up, huh? Uh-huh. He's like, actually, the fire was good for me and made me a better person, and uh, Kir- go saving me was good, actually. And it has nothing to do with me being fucked up. Even he is not convinced by this argument yep. anymore. Uh, let's see. He opens up a little bit about the fire. Uh, he says something about how he wanted to save. He wants to save everyone now because he, to make up for not saving anyone then. And it's like this isn't a revelation, Shiro. Everyone's been telling you this since minute two of this uh, visual novel, and you've always denied it. And it's like, yes, yes, of course that's why you're doing it. Uh-huh. She says that he has to enjoy his life or it's all meaningless. And he's like, I know you're right, but I'm not going to. I refuse to change anything about what I'm doing. There's no way wanting to help people can be a mistake. And she's like, well, fuck me, I guess. Yep. Luckily, not literally yet. Oh, Ben, we're going to talk about that scene when we get there. They bury Ilya in the courtyard. That's cute. Berserker turned to sand instead of disappearing. Have we seen any other servants? No, die? not here. Or they they say it's unusual. They call it out as unusual because yeah. uh, Ryder, they've seen Ryder. Oh, they right. usually dematerialize yeah. after a little bit. Uh, so they buried the sand with Ilya. Huh. The maids are nowhere to be seen. Yeah. Why, huh? Huh? Oh, you said, oh, huh? I was like, oh, I wonder if, like, the catalyst for Berserker was, like, sand from... I think something. it was the big sword. Oh, that would make sense. I think the big sword was was it, but... 
It would also, yeah, it would make sense that if you're summoning a servant outside of mm -hmm. the grail proper that you'd need mm -hmm. I kind of saw kind of, like, it as material or I don't know. I kind of saw it as more like, oh, he stuck something yeah. there because of the thing that would, he did. That would also end. make sense. You know what yeah. I mean? But either way. Mm -hmm. They start talking about their new <laughs> horrible enemy, Gil. And Shiro's like, actually, Gil's a kind of a chump on his own. And she's like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> uh, he's not well known in Japan, first of all. Yeah. Um, Rin does immediately then say, like, that's not well, that that's, a, that's a really small boost in power. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and then he's like, well, he is, Gil is uh, jack of all trades, basically. Not even. He just has a lot of swords. He doesn't know how to use any of them. Mm -hmm. It's just pure power that he's using. Mm-hmm. If you if it came to a skill fight, he would lose. Mm -hmm. Rin calls Gil Goldie, <laughs> <laughs> and Shiro immediately, or after after like expounding upon the Gate of Babylon, is like, "And one sec, why why Goldie? Why do you call him Goldie?" And he, she's like, "Well, he has blonde hair." And she's like, "Why didn't you call Saber Goldie?" And she admits that it's because he seems rich. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is a, a very funny bit of. Rin looking at uh, the most evil man alive going I could milk him for all he's worth. <laughs> what that wallet do though? <laughs> Listen, she has a lot of gems that she needs to buy. He could shower her in gems. He would not. No. No. She calls Gil the Joker. Mm -hmm. She means this she means this in the sense of uh, the, an extra card. Yeah. Not in the sense of he's the Joker. He is a little bit the Joker, though. He is a little bit the Joker, this route, especially. Especially that his whole thing is, there are just too many people. What yeah. if we killed some? Uh-huh, uh-huh. I think Kotamine is better the Joker. Yes. But... Absolutely, Ben. Uh-huh. Kotamine is just better at almost everything. Uh-huh. It's like... true. No one does it like Kotamine does. <laughs> it's so funny that we've become Kotamine heads. <laughs> Kotamine pills. Uh-huh. Fate Moon Archive Kotamina Corruption Arc. <laughs> it's going to be so funny when we get to the end and we're like, so number one character for both of us, Kyure Kotamine. <laughs> Unfortunately, there was no Kotamine route. Uh -huh. He's probably number four for me. Right now, he's up there. Okay. So they discuss their no lack of plan. Hey, Ben. What's Interrupting up? their discussion of lacking of plans, it's Koo, baby! It's Koo, baby! What's Koo doing here? It's Koo! Uh, he's here, and they don't let him say why he's here before they start arguing about who's gonna die to him. Yeah, uh-huh. To let the other one escape. This is a very funny bit. They get so caught up in it, because, like, they've just been through so many back-to-back, -back, like, instant death moments. I uh -huh. think they're so burnt out that they're like, well, this can... Wait, wait for a sec. Let, let us decide who dies first. Uh-huh. And Lancer... Lancer's just sitting there in the background, like, deeply amused by this. Uh -huh. This is... This is the best Lancer content we've gotten in this game so far, yeah. is this scene. Uh -huh. He's very fun. He's very amicable. Yeah. You know what I mean? They turn back to Ku after dis reaching no conclusion and, like, prepare to fight. And Ku's like, hey, I'm going to help you, by the way. <laughs> My master wants some help beating Caster, and so you're all I've got because mm -hmm. of uh, the whole, like, Berserker's dead thing. 
Uh, and Ku doesn't want to try and get Gil to help him because he feels like Gil will just stab him in the back the second his back is turned, which he will. Which Incompatible based on, types. Based on the fate route is exactly what will happen. He also says that it's easy to chat with them because they're already acquaintances. She <laughs> was like, It seems that fighting Archer and driving his lance through my heart are the same as becoming acquaintances in his mind. <laughs> Which is really good. Yeah. On one condition or no is our choice here. Uh, one condition purely because the scene name, if you select this one, is Rinsama Embarrassed and Angry. Mm-hmm. Which is a great scene title. Now, I we do have to mention that choosing no here leads you on to a bad end. Yes. But we're not going to discuss that now. If you, it brings you to the next day. Yeah. If you refuse, it's the same bad end as uh, not yeah. uh, immediately jumping down to save Ilya. We would cover this if it wasn't, if we were going to cover the next day, this episode too, we would cover it right now. Yeah. But we're, we're going to save it for next time. This episode's already long for the amount of energy I woke up with this morning. It's At least you got a good night's sleep. Us, I didn't, but I'm so sorry, Shiro. Um, um, Shiro's right. like, okay, yeah, we'll we'll join up with you. I do have one condition. What's the condition? Shiro loves to give conditions after already agreeing to things. Yes, Archer did that um, too. Shiro wants Lancer not to flirt with Rin. That's it. Yeah, Lancer's first thought is like. You want to know my master's identity, right? And he's like, no, I just don't want you to hit on Rin. Or he says he doesn't want him to take Rin. Uh-huh. And Lancer is like, that's so much more important. You're a fucking galaxy brain kid. I love you. You're incredible. Yeah, I won't take your woman, but I'm going to tease the shit out of her because of this. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a whole exchange where he's like, oh, wow. You're good on you, girl. You got like a really dedicated man. And she's like, we're, it's not like that. We're, we're cooperators. And he's like, I can smell that you're in love from over here. <laughs> um, and she like yells about it. Uh-huh. It's fun. It's fun. Yeah. Ku like turns to Shiro and he's like, hey, man, like, it's great and all that y'all are in love, but like, she's not admitting it yet. You're in trouble. And Shiro's like, I already know she's a lot of trouble. It's okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll deal with it. They shake hands while Rin yells at them. Uh-huh. And then, yeah, the they last scene. Head to the, the church. Uh, because they have Lancer for protection, they're setting out immediately instead of... Oh, wait, we, I don't have to mention that. In the yeah. bad end, they're going to wait overnight. Uh-huh. Uh, Lancer bothers Rin a lot and gets slapped. <laughs> it's very fun. Like, Rin is, like, doing her thing of, like, I can't get too close to people I'm eventually going to have to kill because it makes me feel bad. Uh-huh. And Lancer's like... Uh, I think you should just, like, drink with your enemies, and then if you wake up in the morning and have to kill each other, that's fine. Yeah, uh-huh. And Rin's like, that's not how the world works! She's like, you're so old-fashioned. He's like, then the world got boring. Uh-huh. So the plan is for Rin and Shiro to fight Kuzuki and Caster, and for Ku to stall Archer, and also Saber if it comes to it. Saber mentioned before that Ku is an extremely annoying survivalist and, like, defensive fighter, so he should be able to pull that off. It is fun that this is also applicable to, I think, most, if not all, Ku's in in Grand Order. Uh They're all, like, extremely good at Last Stand, Uh like, solo survival stuff. So it is fun that, like, yeah, Ku is very good at not dying and not much else, to be honest. no. Rin is worried that Assassin's going to give him a run for his money. And Ku's like, oh, yeah, that guy, I he gives me the freaks. I don't want to talk to him. Uh, but he's trapped at the temple, so he won't be a problem. Mm-hmm. Apparently, 
since uh because of how the caster's Ill- illegitimate summoning worked he's trapped at the temple yeah and uh it's also a grail summoning location one of the four in the area so she won't give it up mm-hmm. uh the third war it was summoned at the church the fourth it was summoned in a plane somewhere which it was not a plane it was a neighborhood yeah uh Rin says something about the summoning returning to its first location, which Ku didn't say anything about the first location, so I don't know how she knows that. Yeah. And then uh, Shiro is worried that they're going to have to fight Saber, and the day comes to a close as they walk through the woods. No sleep. Yeah. Seems bad. That's eh, probably fine. That's the end of day 13. We did it. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. There's some moments I really yeah. like. Yeah. I think ended on a higher note than a lot of the day was spent on it's for me at least. It's because I like I like the stuff with Ilya and I like Ku in this yeah. moment. Uh-huh. I'm not a big Ku fan. Ku's like fine despite mm-hmm. all of the it's Ku baby that yeah. we do. Uh, it's uh, someone asked me why we we say it's Ku baby every time. It's because well. Uh, me and F- I, I think it, we trace it back to an anniversary, uh, like pull oh, that we were doing for a yeah. very, very critically metacritical like character in Fate Grand Order, and it was me, Fen, and another person. And every time any of us got coup, we would all shout, "It's coup, baby!" Coup being there are two different coups, both of whom are three stars. So yeah. you see a lot of coup. You you get a lot of coup. Um. All right. There's four coups total in the game, but you, those are the only two that you're likely yeah. to say. Yeah. We are part of the Abnormal Mapping Network. Yeah, we are. Um. Yeah, go listen to the other shows. Yeah. It's I haven't. It's been. It's only been a week since our last recording, so like I. I don't have much to say aside from there are other good go, shows on the network. Go read uh, Kitanai Kimiga Ichiban uh, Kawaii. Yeah. Oh, we're going to link that thing, right? Yes. We're going to link a, an article about um about Kitanai Kimi and like its themes and kind of uh where it goes as a whole it is going to spoil mm. the entire thing, so I'd recommend reading it before that if you're at all interested. Yeah. Um but it is I have I think, not read it yet but I'm, I'm interested i'm going it's, to it is uh yeah kitakawa is something that like i think is there's a lot of stuff that i read that is just like this is fine i guess mm-hmm. but fundamentally doesn't deserve like a closer look <laughs> um or like a more detailed exploration mm-hmm. um kagetsu toya yeah uh but i think kitana kimi like it's a really good article that i think rehashes some of the stuff that we talked about here mm-hmm. um and also like kind of goes different directions yeah with i'm excited um, to read its it analysis now, but... of it um yeah what else do we say at the end where can people find you ben you say it first fen where can people find you on the internet you can find me at fennec.moe uh fenic.moe um what else well, oh, no. you can find us oh, yeah. at um, crying, crying rules, or you can find us at moonarchive.art. That is our our show page. Uh-huh. You can find uh, a schedule of all the games that we've covered and are planning to cover at moonarchive.art/schedule. You can find a 
list of all the non-fate works that we've talked about on the podcast at moonarchive.art slash yuri mm-hmm. uh, you can find us on twitter at crying rules or email questions which we're getting close to the end of the elmo blade works route uh-huh. um would love your questions for that uh-huh. episode um you can email those to crying rules actually at gmail.com mm-hmm. we love questions um where can people find you why is that a question <laughs> Do you not want people to find me? No, I said, where can people find you? Mm, sounded like a question, though. Well, yeah, it is a question. Where can people find you, Ben? It sounded more like you were concerned about the question. Oh. Like hesitant, you know? Um, You can find me on Twitter at Ben Ends, and you can find my uh, very occasional posts about the very long visual novel that I'm working on over at Doom Gender. I think that's about all. Oh, Fen, if someone wanted to leave a five-star review for our podcast on some kind of podcast rating platform of some sort, uh, what do you think they could, they could say? <sighs> Bugs are a tasty snack. <laughs> most I've heard, most I've ever heard hosts of a podcast cry <laughs> on the podcast. Yeah, that's also a good one. You know, I can't think of very many times I've heard been listening to a pod- podcast and the people on the podcast are crying. I think we're we're unusual specimens, fan. I was not expecting to cry this episode, but uh-huh, me neither. I thought we were going to avoid it, but here we are. Uh, yeah, that's that scene kind of got crying me. rules actually. Yeah, it does. Um. Anyway, one day let's meet in the digital sea.
that was a pretty good episode. 